It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 20th day of February, 2024. We have uh, nine more days of February yet to go. This is the horn. Head on live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and where if you pop into the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, uh, right now, listening live, that is, not the podcast, but live, well, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, and that means Anatole and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo, all capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger in Oregon. Hi, I'm Robin. It is a Titanic Tuesday on the horn. Remember, this is the day of the week that we take note of particular instances of Titanic right-wing attempts at intellect, and golly gee, do we have some sterling, or perhaps brass, examples for this program. Uh... If you're uh, if you if you are a podcast listener, please like each episode. Please subscribe, and please, uh, if you got a minute, because it really helps, leave a comment, leave a leave a review, uh, make some sort of uh, you know make make some sort of uh, observation, whatever. Just interact with it because that helps build visibility within the algorithm so that more potential members of the Horn Family Community Congregation can find us and find out what's going on in this most extraordinary little effort in broadcasting. I mean, 20 years and counting, right? It's pretty impressive for some something that's never had any corporate backing or anything even remotely like that. No advertising, no buy gold now, no stupid beats. None of that. So, 
Yeah. I'd love for our, our little, con- our little uh, congreg- family community congregation to grow. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude because there are no ads. There, there, are, there are no no corporate entities to which to turn the, uh, the, the, the community over to their tender mercies. None of that. So with that having been said, thanks go out to our 20th day of the month subscribers. And that means uh, thank you ever so kindly to Armand and thank you to Reverbo. Armand and Reverbo, thank you very, very kindly. Thanks as well to Ralphs. And thank you to Dr. John in New Mexico. Thank you to Vincent. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. The fundraising goal for this evening stands at $805. So that means that's today's program, yesterday's program, and... um, $205 $205 of last Friday on the front porch. If we can do something that knocks a little bit of that out, it would be fantastic because, well, bills are awaiting to be paid. And that includes the interweb tubes and the uh, health insurance premium, water. Yeah. But I can't, I can't you know. Like I said, there's nine days left in February, and it's the as I've said in the past, it's the shortest, longest month of the year. I had a beautiful day today, and that had an appointment in Beckley, and so we got in the car and uh, went thither, and we had a beautiful day for a drive. It was just sunny and lovely, a little bit brisk. But, you know, we got up into the middle 50s. I know, talking about the weather in West Virginia. It's, but when you consider when you consider the, uh, the typical alternative for this place this time of year, well, a little windshield therapy goes a long way because it kind of uh, tamps down my seasonal affective disorder syndrome. Uh, in regard to stupid beats... No, Brother Deacon Asa says, uh, you're obviously not hip to the latest racket introducing Chuck Norris's roundhouse provisions, geriatric supplements. And you don't have to go to Red State Radio to hear it either. It's right here on our beloved progressive voices. I don't think you're joking, Brother Deacon. Roundhouse provisions, geriatric supplements... Oh, let's sigh. Quel horror. Ugh. Roundhouse provisions. Oh, Jesus. Don't do that to me. Please be a joke. Please be a joke. Please be a joke. Please be a joke. I have a feeling it's going to turn out not to be a joke. So a little bit of an update from where we were in the program yesterday. Ah, oh dear. Um, we, 
nitwit Nero. I, even though even though Chicago Ray said he wasn't going to be a poster child for any trucker boycotts or anything like that. But apparently the news has not gotten through to Orange Julius Geezer. Yeah, re- recall just catching up that uh, some uh, the rumor was that truckers would refuse to deliver to New York City as a form of protest against the fraud disgorgement verdict rendered against him, $355 million. Oh, dear God, it's not a joke. Link. Roundhouse provisions. Be your own action hero. Survival food and wellness formulas for every situation. Okay. Uh, Matt in San Francisco notes, Chuck Norris, it's no joke because you want to be kicking ass into your 80s. Whatever, whatever happened to Jack LaLanne? I mean, did did Jack LaLanne sell nutritional supplements? I mean, that granted, that little onesie he was wearing in the fifties and sixties wasn't the most fetching thing in the world, but whatevs. I guess it was more of a romper, wasn't it? And so, um, Nitwit Nero is still terribly, terribly proud as the boycott New York thing roils and rolls on, or at least he thinks it's rolling on. Chicago Ray, as we noted yesterday, said, nah, I'm not doing that. And so, uh, like I said, the information didn't get to, didn't get to Nitwit Nero. He shared articles all day today over on Tripe Social about the impending trucker boycott of New York that isn't going to happen. Because, well, they pitched it, and nobody wanted to do it. And thanks so much to our dear friend Clarence, who is presently at home recovering from COVID and would badly, not like, would badly like to get back out on the road, for pointing out why it isn't going to happen. See yesterday's podcast. Uh, Lou and PA said Jack LaLanne Hawk Supplements. And I believe his wife still does. Mm. Of course. And Matt in San Francisco adds, uh, Jack Belaine, romper, onesie. I'd go with cat suit, <laughs> says Matt. <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. So that's just, like I said, that's just a little, uh, little follow-up. Checking in on Comer Pyle now that his latest blockbuster star witness 
Alexander Smirnov has been arrested, busted, by the Republican special prosecutor assigned to investigate Hunter Biden. Uh, Now, Comer Pyle is not saying a lot, but uh, meanwhile... Alexander Smirnov is saying things. There's a motion in federal court now. He, uh, Alexander Smirnov was arrested in Las Vegas. And uh, the recently indicted top GOP witness lawyer, this is Mueller, she wrote on the website formerly known as Twitter. The recently indicted top GOP witness lawyer argues that he should not be detained pending trial because Bill Barr's DOJ didn't find it necessary to indict him in 2020, so how dangerous can he be? I guess next they'll argue that uh, he shouldn't be jailed or detained uh, because he wasn't impeached. Granted, he wasn't in an office to be impeached in, but that doesn't seem to make much difference in terms of these uh, these pettifogging assholes. The motion before the court, though, says, as alleged in the indictment, Mr. Smirnov served as a confidential human source, CHS, for the FBI for several preceding years. In other words, uh, he was a snitch. Virtually all of the allegations recited in count one, however, occurred in 2020, and the alleged falsifications pertain to alleged acts taking place between 2015 and 2017. Similarly, the alleged falsifications charged in count two pertain to alleged acts that took place in June of 2020. The fact, the lawyers say, the fact that the government knew about Mr. Smirnov's alleged conduct for years yet took no steps to end his cooperation seize his passports, or prosecute him for anything, should be kept firmly in mind when, as expected, the government reverses course in this bail proceeding and suddenly protests that Mr. Smirnov now presents an extreme flight risk who must be detained pending his initial appearance in the Central District of California. Any bail assertion that Mr. Smirnov suddenly presents an unmanageable flight risk should therefore be considered in light of the government's prior nonchalant assessment of that very same risk. Uh, Of course... Uh, it should be noted that in the intervening time period there, the other star witness to Comer Pyle's uh, great big giant whopping nothing burger um, is still at large and on the lam and uh, on the run from his own charges. Comer Pyle just watching. And it being Titanic Tuesday and all, remember, uh, Titanic Tuesday, you know, Titanic intellect and all of that. It it, It takes its name from the day many, many years ago now when a right wing dead ender called the morning monotone over in America's fifth smallest radio market and said, Steve, how come is it that there is... Seashells in the rocks in West Virginia. I seen them when I was in the coal mines. 
and we don't live nowhere near the beach. And the morning monotone, who is, of course, no longer with us, said, Well, caller, that's because of the movement of the Titanic plates. It's still funny after all these years. Uh, still no word on the Titanic cast iron griddle. But that's where that all comes from, if, we're in, if somebody happens to be new to the program. Nimrata Haley, I'm sorry, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Nikki Randawan, Nimrata Haley, Nikki, Nim, Nikki Nimrata Randawa Haley, uh, has uh, begun to get a little bit more mm, assertive about Nitwit Nero. Now, she stands to get absolutely thumped four days from now in the uh, South Carolina primary. But she said the quiet part out loud. She said, we've all heard the calls for me to drop out. We all know where they're coming from. The political elite, the party bosses, the cheerleaders in the commentator world. Well, I'm not going anywhere, she said. We're talking about the most demanding job in human history. That sort of lets her out as being capable of it. You don't give it to someone who's at risk of dementia, no. And you also don't give it to someone who can simply be talked into thinking that a tiny island nation called Bonomo exists somewhere off the Vietnamese coast. Well, nonetheless, the maggots are butthurt and flinging poo. One uh, one maggot over on the... uh, uh, the, the website X posted an excrement saying, If Team Trump wanted to, they could start leaking the goods on Nikki to verse outlets like they did with DeSantis. They could drop nonstop Moabs and have her disappear like Carly Forina. Not sure why they won't. Hopefully they will, though. Another individual, Sticky Nikki, cementing her destruction further each day. And then the paranoia came out. Something a Trojan horse would say, I mean a Democrat. I mean, what do they have on her? Nikki Haley is an absolute anti-Republican jackass, which, who thinks she can win the Republican nominee, for president. Grammar and syntax and word choice are not the strong suit for these maggots. Win the Republican nominee for president. Now, be the Republican nominee? Okay. But win the Republican... Come on, everybody. I mean, we know... Nomination... Uh, But, well, it went on. If you want to talk about dementia, 
This woman has it. There is no chance in hell she will be the nominee. Wake up, Merca. Stop listening to jackasses like Haley. <sighs> but after having uh, delivered, you know, d- d- delivered what is a everywhere except the, in the in the maggot bubble, a pretty well accepted principle, namely that Nitwit Nero's losing it. And hi, Todd. Just a reminder, he ain't gonna make it. Wait, says Emilio. Bonomo's not real, and I just bought a thousand acres of beachfront land. Well, doggone it! I, I, you know, I tried to advise you, Emilio. I told you not to do that, just like I told you not to buy the thousand shares in the beefsteak mine. But do they listen? Of course. Um. Uh, Lou and PA uh, advice column. Dear Roxanne, I purchased a pair of Never Surrender Tea high tops, but they don't fit correctly, and they say manufactured in China. I tried calling the listed customer service number, 1-888-SUCKERS, but when I did, I received a voice saying the number was disconnected. What can I do? Signed, a Mets fan. P.S. The lace holes are all clothed over. Is this a fashion thing? No, it's probably a shoddy manufacturing thing, uh, a, a Mets fan. God, the, you too. Uh, it, it's probably just shoddy manufacturing because it was created by a shoddy creation team and a shoddy design team and is being hustled by a uh, shoddy uh, debtor with a monstrous judgment over his head. But, you know, uh, a Mets fan. Well, caveat emptor. Right. Anyway, back to uh, Nimrata Haley for a minute. This is, because this is just fun. Um, She, uh, went on to say that, yes, if she was president, she would pardon poor, poor, poor Donald Trump. Ah, yeah. But because, and I asked the question a few weeks ago, and our pal David in South Carolina, Stan, and some others chimed in and said, yup. Uh, South Carolina, Stan, is one of those Wild West primaries where Democrats can vote in Republican primaries, Republicans can vote in Democratic primaries, whatever. And so Nimrata thought she might have a shot with the independents and the Democrats who might like to come over to their little clavern primary and just, you know, just to screw with Nitwit Nero. The problem is she's not very good at it. She's not very good at much of anything, really. But in attempting to sway the aforementioned independents and Democrats, um, (laughs) they're spamming people. 
according to uh, according to some South Carolinians, like Debari Barber, uh, a forty-one-year-old banking analyst. She's a Democratic voter. She had a Facebook comment go viral because she told Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley, to lose our number. Well, she uh, gave an interview to Mark Caputo at the Bulwark and said, My cousin's son is only 12, and he keeps getting text messages, and he started asking, Mama, who is Nikki? It's just aggravating. Take us out to the take us out to group chat. We don't want to be in it. And apparently, you can't even reply stop to the text messages. That just that just eggs them on. And the messages are coming from different phone numbers. So telling one number to stop just means it'll come from a different number instead. Danny Davis told Mark, uh, Mr. Caputo, the text messages are really weird. She's texted me more than Biden. It's very asinine that she's texted people she is was supposed to represent to, but she didn't do a good job doing it when she was in office. It's pandering at best. She didn't really care about black people before. But uh, it's not it's not daunting. The maggots, in the least, South Carolina Republican Party Chairman Caton Dawson said, we're going to get every vote and harvest every vote we can, and it's working. Because uh, the whole country is going to have unhinged chaos if Donald Trump's allowed to win a GOP primary. I'm sorry, Caton Dawson is the former chair, not the present one. But I guess the gloves are off for um, that proud graduate of the Segregation Academy in South Carolina where they give out Confederate gave out Confederate flag pins to graduates. Yeah, she's mad. She said, you know, to sit there and mock my husband for not being with me on the presidential trail... Honey, it's the campaign trail. Because he's deployed and serving our country, you mock one veteran, you're mocking all veterans. Really? Does that that light just go on for you there? Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House? Did you miss that whole thing? Lord God, eight years ago when he said that uh, he liked veterans who didn't get captured and mocked John McCain at one time the longtime companion of the senior senator from South Carolina stand there Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House but Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House she's she got her hoo-ah on y'all the problem with Trump is he's never been anywhere near a uniform but the reality is the closest he's come to harm's way is a golf ball hitting him and on a golf cart. Well, don't hold back. 
share your high, high dudgeon. Uh, Lee in New York, Nikki in the South Carolina primary. So she's trying to win independence when she already lost to none of the above. Well, in a word, yes. Otne ute itbre if you one what I in may. And then there's counsel for the parking garage. Alina, habana, 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 habana. Yeah. Yesterday, they booked her to yammer on for a while over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. And, of course, being the noble pleader that she is, and apparently innately understanding the ancient maxim if you have the facts, you bang on the facts. If you have the law, you pound on the law. And if you have neither, you pound on the table. Well, speaking to Martha McCallum, counsel for the parking garage was in rare form as she table-pounded. Okay, Alina Haba joins us, attorney for former President Trump. Alina, good to have you with us. Uh, first, your reaction to the attorney general there. I'm glad you asked, Martha. Um, nobody is above the law. I would just like the... I'm sorry, this is in the form of a video. And she's talking through clenched teeth when she says, I'm glad you asked, Martha. <laughs> It would have been more fun if she'd had a ventriloquist dummy. ...is left-winging DAs and AGs to show us that. Show us that. I'm inviting you to show me that no one is above the law while we have Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and all of his friends up in D.C. in the deep state that have not been touched. Show me no one is above the law, Martha, because I'm not seeing that. Do you know what I'm seeing in court? Well, dipshit. Can I call you dipshit, counsel for the parking garage? The reason nobody's being held accountable is nobody's committed any crimes. I, I know that's a, that's a real reach for you, but just making shit up as you go along, which appears, appears to be one of your primary talents. Remember, she did say she would rather be pretty than smart, and she seems to be living the dream. But... but uh, it, Show us, show us that no one's above the law by charging someone with a violation of the law uh, who hasn't done anything. One is above the law, Martha, because I'm not seeing that. Do you know what I'm seeing in court in these cases is that everyone is above the law if they're friends with Miss James, if they're friends with D.A. Bragg, and if they're friends with Fannie Willis and Jack Smith. The uh, funny, stupid, but never mind only person that is not the only person who did nothing wrong but will still get persecuted and prosecuted is president trump because they can't beat him in well no actually there's rudy Giuliani, uh several election interfering georgia officials uh, uh the the the, uh, the the kraken lawyer uh the other law uh, jenna bush she got chucked under the bus i mean there's several more than just nitwit nero in fact in the in the trial, which she, Alina Habana Habana Habana, 
from the draw spunky school of lawyering. Uh, she had more than one defendant be held accountable in the trial that she blew. Because remember, Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber are also banned for three years from being officers or directors of any New York corporations, as well as members of the executive level of the Trump Organization Brain Trust. <sighs> I under, yeah, I thought about that after I said that, Lee. Lee in New York pointing out, if Alina had a ventriloquist dummy, can a dummy control another dummy? Oh, yeah, Nitwit Nero controls maggots. And controls her. November. So I want to use their words against them and invite them to show me how no one is actually above the law. Because there are, there are people that we know have broken laws. Uh, she knows, y'all. She knows. In fact, she knows because... Well, she, she found out about it through radio transmissions that she received through the fillings in her teeth. And we have not seen the system of justice be used the same for them as they are for President Trump. President Trump did nothing wrong. He's being persecuted. Show me the people that did real crime get persecuted well, and prosecuted. Some, so, I want to see that. So, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she wants to see that. As Stephen New York points out, Hunter Biden... I'm pretty sure there's a special counsel dealing with him. Yes, that's the same special counsel who's prosecuting the Comer Pyle star witness. <sighs> round and round we go. And where it stops, no one knows. But she says uh, in, in the same conversation that uh, he's ready to he's ready to put up the bond. In the fraud verdict, yeah, he's definitely ready to put up the bond slow on the driveway. This attorney for former President Trump, Alina, good to have you with us. Uh, first, your reaction to the attorney general there. I'm glad you asked, Martha. Um, nobody. No, that's the same. Okay, we can skip that part. Skip a bit, brother. Take it as read. Justice be used the same for them as they are for President Trump. President Trump didn't pay this extraordinary. Yeah, I would like to see those people um, who are not rich or powerful, um, but who have some power in this city in terms of how safe people feel or don't feel. Uh, who are not rich and powerful, but have some power. Um. Do they do they do they even pay attention to the words that just fall out when they open their mouths? People who aren't rich and powerful but have some power. Jesus, Martha McCallum. Let me ask you this: In terms of the 30-day deadline from Judge Angeron to pay this extraordinary fine that jo that uh, Jonathan Turley calls obscene, um, is yeah. that the case? Does he really have 30 days to pay this fine? And if so, there are some reports that he will sell off all. I love the. I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt, but I love the fact that Jonathan. She she refers to something Jonathan Turley has said, as if it was somehow dispositive of the moment. What Jonathan Turley says is obscene. Well, let's remember what obscene means. Lacking political, literary, artistic 
social, or any other form of merit, like in this case, judicial and jurisprudential, and only appealing to the prurient interest. Potter Stewart, Justice Potter Stewart, having famously said, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. And Well, I mean, there probably is some obscenity involved. I mean, Nitwit Nero is a walking obscenity. Sitting, walking around, talking about touching women on their genitals by uh, just by, uh, by, by fiat of being famous. And that's why it's a tic-tac. Uh, attacking women, uh, even Fox News, TV, Radio, Rwanda people as nasty. <sighs> Almost all, if not all, of his New York assets. What can you tell us about that? No, I mean, I would never get into anything privileged, but I can tell you what the rules are. And within 30 days, even if we choose to appeal this, which we will, we have to post the bond, which is the full amount and some. Um, and uh, we will be prepared to do that. So, is, but how much is the bond? Well, I mean, it's, it's all of it. It so it's you're, you have to break it up. So there were obviously individual defendants that got fined. There was the company that got fined. But you're looking at roughly, let's call it close to four hundred million dollars for something that he did nothing wrong. Look, it's no coincidence. And I'll say it. They know by looking at his statements of financial condition that this guy is worth a lot of money, billions and billions of billions of dollars. And that didn't even include his brand, Martha. But what they're trying to do between this case, between my last case, is put him out of... Which, you know, she also lost, but let's not quibble. Business. It's not going to work, number one. Number two, what they're doing is a scare tactic. Unfortunately, they picked the wrong guy to pick on, in my opinion, because he's strong, he's resilient, and he happens to have a lot of cash. Now, that doesn't mean that it's... Yeah, be careful there, counsel, for the parking garage. You might be getting your client in even deeper shit, just like you seem always to do. Because he gave a deposition in which he swore under oath that his cash on hand was, and I quote, about $400 million. Cash on hand. Right. It doesn't mean it's okay. It's grotesquely insane. Uh, I was speaking to somebody today that actually mentioned that there are countries that literally make that in a given year in certain industries, countries in this world. But they would find somebody for what they call understating their statement of financial condition and making Deutsche Bank and Zurich, who, by the way, they still work with money. But they're going to find him that kind of thing. It, it's absolutely insane. No, there will be no mayhem for the Trump organization, unfortunately. I know that probably... Wait, there will be no mayhem for the Trump organization, unfortunately? At this point in time, is she just opening up her mouth and letting words fall out? <sighs> probably was Miss James's goal and, and judging Gorin, but that is not going to be the case. Well, uh, as I said, Jonathan Turley called it obscene. Other people have said, people have said that it's a dangerous verdict in the precedent that it sets um, and what kind of damage it could do to New York City when other companies uh, will want nothing to do with that kind of um, politics and judgment. So we'll see where it goes. Alina, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you, counsel, for the parking garage. And that is certainly some hard-hitting and incisive journalism that Martha McCallum is doing there. 
Yeah, other businesses that want to commit massive amounts of fraud won't want to do business in New York City. So maybe they can go to Florida and commit massive amounts of fraud or Texas. I'm sure they'd welcome massive amounts of fraud in Alabama or Mississippi, Stan. Sure, why not? On the other hand, all that money, he's got so much money. Well, um, there have been some reports generated of property values in New York City. And an interesting little statistical notion has been, has, has emerged. In the pages of the New York Times, they report that an economist has analyzed reports of property valuations in Gotham. And in an article by Rukmini Kalamachi, who analyzed data from City Realty and ATTOM, uh, they, they do data analytics on properties, quote, a review of the price per square foot of condominiums in the seven buildings in Manhattan that still carry the Trump name found that the value dropped 23% between 2013 and 2023. ATTOM, Adam, said the decrease was around 17%. Here's the funny thing. Four buildings took the Trump name off of their buildings, and between 2023 and uh, 2013 and 2023, lo and behold, the value of those properties went up by nine percent, probably because the Trump name wasn't there, because everyone knows that uh, that Trump, to the extent that he built anything, builds and this is a complex real estate appraisal term, crap. So let's say, this is so funny, uh, let's say that uh, you're property shopping in New York City, and you're thinking about buying a condo, You'll pay an inflated price for something with the Trump the Trump brand on it, and it'll be worth about a quarter less than what you bought it for when you finally dump it. And you know that's kind of telling. I mean, I'm I'm just a a, a a hillbilly girl on a on a mountain in the middle of Appalachia. But even I know that property is at a premium in New York City. They can't build luxury housing fast enough. Never mind building housing for poor folks or working folks. They can't, they can't keep up with the luxury housing market. And yet, at the same time, that would lead one to assume that it's constantly increasing in value, but ha, no, at least not if it's affiliated with Nitwit Nero. 
the average price per square foot of the condominiums in Dump Tower has, it's hard not to use the word, crashed in the uh, years since 2013. Nose diving like a paralyzed falcon, some 49%. And uh, Andel Hilton, Senior Director of Content and Research at City Realty, said it's, uh, well, Dump Tower has seen its better days. Another individual, Sten van Neuerberg, an economist at Columbia University, said this analysis cleanly identifies that it is the Trump brand that is responsible for the value deterioration. Removing the Trump name from the building removes the loss associated with the name. Which leads to a little bit of at least enjoyable speculation. Namely, that, uh, well, if it was to become the E. Jean Carroll Tower, it might get some of those valuations back. It's a bad time to be him. And of course that doesn't that doesn't even bother me a little bit. And the the uh, the, the madcap funny folks have been having a a blast with people saying things like uh, New York should turn Trump Tower into a homeless shelter. Another another wag suggesting, ah, by this time it, it by, by this time in say September it'll probably be a spirit Halloween costume warehouse. E. Jean Carroll Tower, uh, a wonderful, a, a hilarious little Photoshop job of Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber sitting outside Trump, Trump Tower at a table with a handmade sign. It's, it, it's kind of, you know, if you, if you recall, if you're a certain age, the Beverly Hillbillies, remember when Jethro would make a sign and, and, and it, there really should be a font called Bodine. And it would be sort of a wacky scrawl with misspellings. Well, in this case, uh, it's Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber sitting behind a sign that says, Lemonade, L-E-M-A-N-A-D-E, Lemonade, one billion dollars a glass. Liquidation sale, dated interior, garish furnishings, no reasonable offer refused, everything must go. National Content Liquidators Incorporated. You know he's got to be seeing some of these things. And it's probably driving in bananas. Matt in, Matt in San Francisco says, I can't control myself. I'm so attracted to beauty, I just start kissing him. He's so dumb, he doesn't even realize he's describing assault. Oh, I'll see your assault and raise you a battery. Because, at least in the oldie common law definitions, assault is being put in 
apprehension of receiving an immediate unconsented to touching of an insulting or provoking nature. It rises to battery when the touching takes place, which includes being kissed involuntarily by the orange lips of Geezer Disgustus. Fair enough, fair enough. Brother Deacon Asa says, Your Nimrata Haley needs a sprinkling of that most magnificent of eastern spices. She doesn't have quite the southern drawl you endow her with. Well, but she is from South Carolina. So I, I think I can take some editorial license there, Brother Deacon. Got a girl some slack. But back to counsel for the parking garage for a moment. She does love being on TV so much. So to, uh, having previously been on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda with Martha McCallum, she showed up on Newsmuck to have a little set to with Rob Finnerty, who had some concerns. Here's, you know, once the ad rolls. Box right here. Well, I'm going to show you something right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I would, I would honestly, at this point, you know, she's in so deep. Her press conference says it all. I would tell her what. Um, Why would you say to Letitia to, to, James? To show me that no one is above the law and start applying the law to her own. That's what I would say. Because it's very clear her animus, her chip on her shoulder, her political motivation is ruining our country much. You know, if you listen to this dumbass counsel for a parking garage, you'd think that the, the office of the Attorney General of New York has only one case. That's it. Those are the uh, nitwit Nero and his two idiot sons are the only people that the attorney general is pursuing. Nobody else. <sighs> of course, that's not true. Lee in New York says, not as big as he claims. Lee, Robin, get your mind out of the gutter. Of course, the properties are worth less. Even more egregious than Trump Tower, Trump World Tower at 845 United Nations Plaza. Supposedly it has 90 floors. But if you stand on that top floor, you may be disappointed to learn you're only 72 stories above the ground. Well, there's some Hobbit floors. Uh, for, uh, Frodo and Dildo and Frito and... Uh, yeah. Moxie and Pepsi. Much like a lot of DAs and AGs, and I would tell her, why don't you have some some uh, dignity for your role as the Attorney General in New York and start taking care of your state Alina, instead of targeting political people. Since you hooked on with the former president uh, and started representing him, your career has... I'm sorry. Since you hooked on with the former president... Did that just happen because he realized he was about to 
break news and say, since you hooked up with the former president, I mean, there was that little trip to the UFC championships out in Vegas that he took counsel to the, for the parking garage to whilst leaving Melanie at home. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, the youngest is a teenager now. Maybe he would have liked to have seen some scantily clad grown men beating the tar out of each other. But then again, Melanie probably wouldn't put up with it if he went in and and decided that that son was inappropriately dressed and slapped him around like he did Nitwit Jr. Hooked on with the president. Hooked on with hooked on with phonics. Okay. has skyrocketed. I, I think yeah. Alina Haba is now, it's a household name, really. Um, but you're young, you're young in your career. How concerned are you? Yeah, she's a household name, as Shakespeare would say. She is a name for being put upon. Okay, first cowbell of the evening goes to Brother Deacon Asa. Pretty sure he meant to say, Rob Finnerty in this case, pretty sure he meant to say, since you hookered on with the former president. I don't know if she's still angling to be the final Mrs. Trump, but... Uh, <sighs> About what this could mean for your reputation down the road. In, in terms of what? I down the road, down the hole, you know. Down the, down the toilet, down the drain. I think. Well, there are a lot of attorneys out there that no longer want to represent the former president, right or wrong. I'm not casting judgment, right or wrong, right. because of what it, the implications it has for their careers. And you've got a bright right. future, and seemingly. Yes, um, I, I have to tell you the truth. I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm so proud of the work that I've done, and. Any attorney who actually reads transcripts and looks at the rulings that we got before we got into court, evidentiary rulings, things like that, um, losses that have happened, and we've had wins, many wins. Because, you know, the, the, I remember reading case law and case books in law school. They were terribly expensive. And uh, evidentiary hearings and things like that was an entire separate chapter. Uh, Steve, in New York? Billable Rick, Darlene, uh, do y'all remember that chapter? Evidentiary hearings and things like that? In, in my case, it wasn't even just a chapter. That's what they called civil procedure at Harvard on the Mon up on Tort Flats. I uh, took it the second semester of my first year in law school. Evidentiary hearings and things like that wins, but nobody reports them. But the losses that have happened are not a result of the facts not being on our side or bad lawyering. Mm. They are a result of the fact that he is the leading candidate uh, for the Republican Party and, frankly, for president in general. So I can say that, look, trolls will be trolls, Rob, and I would never change a thing. I am proud of the work I've done. And it is truly an honor to work for a sitting, uh, a former president and, and the future president again. So for anybody else that has an issue with that, that can't see through that, um, you're just, you're, you're, you're not looking at the big picture here. We're changing the country and fixing the country, and I'm proud to be part of that mission. And by the way, we have speculated on this in the, in, in the past. Yes, 
she has changed her hair color and she has changed her style. She has gone for a uh, sort of a straight, lifeless, looks like it hasn't been washed in a couple of months, uh, hang down, um, kind of ombre, blonde, up to mousy brown kind of thing going on. So it's it no longer looks quite exactly like melanoma's hairstyle. The fashion mavens, I'm sure, would want to know that. And, by the way, this just broke uh, from... Uh, The uh, Washington Post, it's almost like serendipity or something. Serendipity do. Hey, oh, wait, that, that's, that's, that's a good observation there, Lee. Um, she wouldn't change a thing. So, uh, she intended to lose the judgments and have large fines for her clients. I got a parking garage fine. She could get my car repossessed. Yeah, she'll. Alina Hobble will plead your will plead your parking ticket down to first degree murder. Exactly. Yep, she intended that. Uh, she intended the E. Jean Carroll verdicts. She intended the three hundred and fifty-five million dollar verdict against her client. Yet she wouldn't change a thing. Somehow I feel the need to cue up Aerosmith singing, I wouldn't want to miss a thing. But I won't. I won't. Oh my God, says Ralph, she said still president. Uh, Emilio noting, Dildo Baggins is the only maggot in the Shire. Thank goodness. And, uh... <laughs> yes. Um... Uh, Lou says, I heard New York requires 120% of the award to be posted, deposited, so 350 plus, 350 plus, 355 plus 35 is 360.390.5 million dollars. That would be 100, no, that's 110%, but well, whatever. You know me, siphon. It's not not it's not my job, man. Um, Lou adding, you can always claim your apartment is three times the size it really is. And hey, Dave, number eleven, it's Walter Becker's birthday. Hey, Roxanne. Hey, Dave, number eleven. Happy seventy fourth birthday today. Any major dude is missing the sur surfing half. Oh, Steely Dan. And Walter, how many years, Dave, how many years ago did Walter pass away? And uh, uh, coming from Cynthia in the Bay Area, fixing the country, fixing the country, my ass. They're out to fucking destroy it so they can feast on the pieces. Have I told you lately how much I hate these people? I know, I know. P.S. I still haven't burned in that acorn Kamado. It keeps raining here like it is now. And when that's one of the things I didn't fix on the new iPad. It still gives me the weather for Cupertino. And it said there was a flood watch today. 
And when we do have a break, Cynthia says, I don't have time to get it done, but I've been watching YouTube videos of people smoking ribs on it. I can't wait till I can give it a try. Oh, you're going to love them so much. And if you'll if you if you brine them, and here's one of my little secrets: go to your big box home improvement store, get a five get a five gallon food grade plastic bucket. Make sure it's food grade, and get the lid that goes with it. Get a buy, get a bag of ice on the way home. Stop at the grocery store and get a bottle of pickling spice, and your box of coarse kosher salt. And a couple of gallons of distilled water, or whatever kind of jug water you prefer, or use tap water. None of my business. Um, and uh, use about three gallons, about three gallons of water, and a cup and a half to two cups of kosher salt. Mix it all together, and then dump in your ice, and then submerge the ribs, and cover it up. And leave it till the ice melts. It'll still be plenty cold. And, oh, 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 that's another thing. Get a rib rack, Cynthia. If you're going to do ribs, get a rib rack. Those things, oh, they're so convenient. Uh, and my favorite cut of ribs, baby back ribs do not come from young pigs. Baby back ribs come from the same size pigs as all the other uh, hogs, as all the other ribs come from. It's just that they're trimmed, and you pay more to have the butcher trim them. If you don't want to go to the trouble of trimming and peeling the ribs, you're probably still going to have to peel them. You know, that membrane on the back, on the inner side, um, got to deal with that. It's a pain. Um, nitrile gloves are real hand- handy when you're doing your barbecue prep, by the way, sis. Um But once you pull them out of the, once you pull them out of the brine, you can put your other rub on it. But the, the pickling spice will carry in, and oh, it's so mm, yummy. Um, but uh, as far as a cutter, my favorite is the St. Louis style because it's not it, it it is trimmed, but it hasn't been reduced to a perfect little uh, rectangle with a slight curvature. Well, a slight what would that be? Convexity to it? Yeah. Uh, but I can't wait. I can't wait to hear when you do it. You're gonna. You're gonna be amazed. And uh, for ribs, hickory or apple, both are wonderful. Sorry, you bring up barbecue, and I, I can't. You know, I can't help responding. Uh, in New York. Come on, Robin. Wasn't Dildo Baggins worth a cowbell ring? Well, I stole it. That's from uh, Douglas Kenny and Henry Beard's brilliant parody of Lord of the Rings by the Harvard Lampoon called Board of the Rings. Dildo and Frito and Moxie and Pepsi and Good Golf the Wizard. But, Cynthia, you're right. Uh, fix the country. It, oh, they're going to fix it all right. They're going to fix all kinds of things. They're going to try to fix the presidential election so that it gets thrown into the House, so that the House, against the will of the popular vote, makes Nitwit Nero president again. 
I presume, being as plugged in as this community is to the news, you've seen the photo of. Well, it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of like if an, if, if, if Saruman had really, since we're working the Lord of the Rings now, if Saruman had really let himself go, and had short hair and shaved, and spent a lot of time in a tanning bed and wore orange makeup. I know this is a lot. That's it's, it's 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 a lot of caveats. But if he'd really let himself go, uh, the picture of of uh, Orange Julius Geezer giving his patented thumbs up, standing next to yes, Speaker of the House Mullah Moses Mike Johnson, uh, doing his very best dildo uh, dil, dildo bugger impression. Oh my God, that photograph. And 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 Mullah Moses Mike has been savaged for it. God, he's such a pathetic little lick spittle. Just ugh. You see, you see what I uh, what I said about it being a uh, loaded for bear. Titanic Tuesday. Wave that poor kitty. It's a it's a it's a white kitty with uh, black halfway across its head and a little black Charlie Chaplin mustache under its nose. When you can't let the cat out because he might invade Poland. Huh. Oh my heavens! Darlene in Connecticut sends this along. Lindsey Graham designated a terrorist by Russian authorities. Darlene says, why am I thinking this is freaking hilarious? Find that fainting couch with the duvet, Lady G. Chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Sin, uh, and, and, uh, this has got to be parody. Maybe not. Former chairman... Um, of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Lindsey Graham, waits to begin, and that's a, that's a caption, has been added to Russia's list of foreign terrorists, according to Politico reporting today. Russian state media first reported that Graham, a longtime Russia hawk, had been added to the list, which is monitored by uh, Rosfin Monitoring, the country's state financial watchdog, that followed Graham blaming Russian President Vladimir Putin for Navalny's death in prison last week. The 47-year-old Navalny's death spurred international shock and outrage, though the top Putin critic was repeatedly targeted in recent years and was previously subjected to imprisonment. Yeah, we, we know that. Yeah. Uh, Graham, in a Sunday appearance on CBS News' Face the Notion, said, Navalny was one of the bravest people I ever met. When he went back to Russia, he had to know he was going to be killed by Putin, and he was murdered by Putin. President Biden told Putin, if something happens to Navalny, you're going to pay a price. President Biden, I agree with you. The price they should pay is to make Russia a state sponsor of terrorism. 
Well, I guess he won't be going to the Hermitage in St. Petersburg to see all those lovely, lovely Russian Tsarina gowns. Darn. Darn the luck. Well, maybe you can make up for it by finding some Fabergé eggs to gaze upon. Hey, you just know he loves that, uh, that that series on what, Hulu? The Great? Mm-hmm. But speaking of Alexei Navalny, villain's gonna villain. I was up early and caught some of my filthy morning habit and heard Mika Mouse talking about how brave Alexei Navalny's widow is for picking up the torch from her husband and continuing to uh, to 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 criticize uh, Vladdy Daddy Yulia Navalny Navalny is her name and she has been vocal and remorseless and relentless in her criticism of Pudi for the slaughter of her husband. And so she went to that website, formerly known as Twitter, and began demanding that the uh, government of Mother Russia, which is to say Vlad Putin, return Alexei Navalny's body to her because they haven't. You, would, you wouldn't want there to be like a legitimate autopsy or anything like that, no. But lo and behold, over there on that right-wing platform formerly known as Twitter, they suspended Yulia Navalny's account for about an hour. Then it came back. That's yeah, just a little shot across the bow. Right? And at this point in time, nobody even bothers to ask the owner of the website formerly known as Twitter why it happened because his PR department just always responds to questions like that by sending out a, no, really, a poop emoji. Um, Cynthia said, I hastily wrote notes. Let's see. Get a rib rack, food-grade bucket and lid, soak the ribs in water, a cup of salt. Yeah, so uh, put in about three gallons of water, dissolve your salt in it, throw in your pickling spice and your ice, put in the ribs, let the ice melt. Hickory or applewood, St. Louis-style ribs are trimmed. You take great notes, Cynthia. I see videos of people smoking the ribs for up to four hours at 250, spritzing them with apple juice to keep them moist, pulling the ribs off, wrapping them in foil with butter, honey, sauce of one sort or another, and then cooking another hour, pulling them out of the foil, cooking another 30 minutes, and then dinner time. It always looks good. I probably missed something. No, you got it all. I, when I do it, I just uh, I try to I try to keep my fire at around 220, 225. 
and again, that smoking stone makes a big difference because that means you don't have direct contact with the heat, and the smoke has a better chance to get around. And generally speaking, about four hours is plenty. Um, and I try to do everything in my power not to open it, not to open the smoker while the cooking's going on, because that means you just have to bring it back up to temperature again. But yeah, about four hours works, and uh, you can you can make a mi- a, a, a liquid mix of uh, cider vinegar and regular apple juice and spray with that and it's absolutely wonderful and it does it keeps them it'll keep them moist and then what happens is when you take them off if you wrap them tightly in foil you will continue to get some carryover cooking and it's almost well I don't even think it's almost I think what happens is when they're that hot and they're inside the foil they steam and that adds to the moisture and I think you're, oh, Cynthia, I think you're going to go absolutely wild. And then there's the salmon and the brisket and on and on and on. Smoked, and, and I've done this, I did it with brisket, smoked cabbage. Whole head of cabbage, cut the core end off, quarter it, and put the quarters on 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 the uh, on the surface, along with your brisket, and it's the most exquisite corned beef and cabbage you've ever 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 had. The smoke almost it, the smoke almost creates a a tingly numbing sensation uh, with the cabbage. It's it's something special. I don't I don't know if Todd's listening, but if he is, he's probably sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yep, girl knows. Let's see, where else? Um, Oh, we've got something to look forward to later this week. I'd almost forgotten. I try every year. Um, Coming up, coming up later this week, oh, the, uh, oh, wait a minute, the return of Navalny's body. Lee in New York says, I expect Putin will comply. She just has to choose minced or pureed. Ooh. Well, we're into the second hour of the program, so I can't imagine that did any good for either Billable Rick's snack or uh, dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone. No, I had almost forgotten. I try every year, and then somehow or another I get reminded. Hey, kids, it's time for CPAC again. I... Cynthia, I'm pretty sure you're not that. Uh, More notes. Cynthia says, thanks, can't wait, although I don't know what's going to happen to my own weight. The cabbage sounds great. Yum, I'm getting fat already. Well, just put on it, just add another another hour's worth of music to your playlist and back to the treadmill. Wait a minute, you live in, in a place where you can actually walk outside this time of year. Off on another walk, Cynthia. No, uh, it's it's going to be a real rogues gallery, or as some people have described it, uh, a maggot carnival this week when the CPAC assholes gather. They're looking to, uh, they're expecting folks like uh, 
uh, Elise Stupidnik, and the once and former defeated, uh, once and former and soon to be re-defeated Carrie Lake of Arizona Stan. That paragon of moral virtue and chastity, the governor of South Dakota Stan, Christy Nome, is going to be there. As will, why, of course he will, Jerk Deluxe, Vance, the phony hillbilly, and son of the Tiger Mom. He, the junior senator from Ahia, will be there. I don't know, we don't know if he's going to bring his dolphin porn collection with him, if you were listening to yesterday's program. And, uh, uh, also in attendance will be, uh, The man desperately competing to be named dumbest member of the United States Senate. I'm talking, of course, about the coach, Tama, Tama the Tuba. Jim Short's Jordan will be there. And, well, if he's uh, not busy with the ethics committee, uh, Matt, it just gates worse from Florida Stan. And, of course, it wouldn't be CPAC without. Mr. Meth Pillow himself, Mike Lindell. They'll all gather together at the Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland. It's going to be a busy and probably not particularly pleasant week for sex workers in the greater D.C. area. And being Republicans, they don't tip worth a shit. And the really kinky sex workers will be in high demand. Writing at the National Review, a, uh, a, a conservative by the name of Henry Olson said last week, this event was once a calendar highlight as people from all factions and all parts of the country gathered to meet, debate, and network. Now, under the leadership of its embattled chairman, Matt Schlapp, we do remember why Matt Schlapp is embattled, right? It was back during the heady days of the campaign of Walker, Texas Strangler, to be a member of the United States Senate for the state of Georgia, even though he was from Texas, that... Returning from a campaign event one evening, Matt Schlapp allegedly reached over and gave a young man's, well, he, he gave his dick a little squeeze and rubbed him on his thighs. The young man wasn't particularly fond of having his dick squeezed and, uh, there, and, and, and thereupon took umbrage and filed a complaint, and I haven't seen the uh, outcome of it, but yes, he's suing Matt Schlapp, he's suing CPAC, he's suing Mercedes Schlapp, Matt Schlapp's wife, who either knew or didn't know that her hubby uh, rather enjoys a little bit of the love that dare not speak its name. <sighs> But it, 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 has, it has become a bit of a clown car. 
Yeah, that that aforementioned st- the staffer has filed a nine million dollar lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And the American Conservative Union, which is the motive force behind CPAC, uh, has been embroiled in 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 a, in a giant kerfuffle ever since. Because they didn't take any action. Also in attendance from across the pond, can we not do something about this via the, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, via the Department of State or something? Former uh, former UK Prime Minister for about a minute, for not quite as long as the head of lettuce, Liz Truss, and uh, Brexiteer Nigel Farage will be showing up, as will that genuine Lulu, the president of uh, Argentine, Argentinian, Argentina, uh, Javier Milei, and the president of El Salvador, Naib Bukele. Really now? I didn't think Republicans liked people from El Salvador. Well, you know, the home of slaughtering nuns and murdering bishops. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? They'll also be visited, the maggot faithful, by the... Um, Still indicted Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, who, by the way, was uh, thwarted in his recent attempt to get the indictments thrown out. He's been under indictment for 10 years. And I wonder if Alina Habana Habana Habana, counsel for the parking garage, uh, wonder why she isn't calling for him to be held accountable. Oh, well, we know, don't we? And the man who has a portrait of himself walking with Jeebus, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson, will be there. And what would it be uh, if the uh, entire event was not perfumed with the effluvium of, 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 of the smell of rancid hot dog water? Yes, Stevie Three Shirts Bannon will be in attendance as well. Uh, we wake Ramalama Ding Dong will be there. Uh, he's going to be the keynote speaker at the, the fact that they still have one of these is hilarious. Uh, the, there will be a, uh, a an, there's an annual Reagan dinner. And we wake Rosanna Dana will be the keynote speaker for that event. No word on whether or not uh, Ronnie Reagan, who would have absolutely salivated at the prospect of aiding a country like Ukraine in, uh, in, in throwing out Mother Russia. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no word on whether his corpse will reanimate and come and uh, bitch slap the maggots. Oh, it's going to be a rogues gallery, it is, I tell you, I tell you, because none other than the woman who lives almost entirely to uh, reassure Merkins that Santa and Jesus 
are both white and that blackface is completely okay. Yes, Megyn Kelly and all of her shiny white privilege will be there, as will be the man with the voice made for print, Mark Levin. And the dumbest man on the Internet, Jack Prasobiec. And, and, and what would it be without Seb Gorka, the man with the Nazi sympathies? So somewhere around hmm, Thursday, certainly by Friday, and then probably for more in Monday of next week, we're going to probably have clip after clip after clip after clip of mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing maggots standing there hooting into microphones and picking their teeth with their toenail clippings. I don't know about you, but, well, I can hardly wait. At the very end of the program yesterday, we talked a little bit about the uh, desperate attempt to sell sneakers. Nitwit Nero has decided to engage himself in. (laughs) crowd laughed and hooted. At SneakerCon, no less. They guffawed. They booed. And then the real fun started as people started coming up with names because a, a proper uh, a, a proper sneaker needs a good name. Uh, one of them being uh, Air Surrection. Ah. You get it? Air surrection. Hmm? Other suggestions being, uh, um, uh, let's see. Uh, Rick Wilson said, what do you even call these? The adjudicated rapists? The herpetic clodhoppers? The suckers born every minute? They're gold, so one person suggested fool's gold. Kofefe sixes. Professor Jennifer Mercica, who's a rhetoric expert, said, uh, sedition shoes for your fascist feet. But probably the cowbell goes to Michael Cohen. Who called them hair felons? Ha! <sighs> Golden shower shoes aren't bad either. Sneaky traders, bone spurs. With one person saying, you know, golden diapers would have been more on brand. And a lot of people are having fun with Nitwit Nero's kicks. Got a new pair of kicks, man. They had a little blast over at The View. 
If you're going to lynch, but here's the thing. You know what? Far be for me to defend. We said take him to trial. They took him to trial, and this is what they found, and this is what he has to do. I don't always like when I go to trial. You know how? What was that? How people? That's how people. You know, treat me. But the bottom line is. The court did what they were supposed to do. That's their finding, and nobody always likes the way it comes out. Now, either we say we we want people to have to go to trial and get their comeuppance, or we don't. But you know, the other thing about it is these sneakers, for example. These people who are buying them, how much are they for? Four hundred dollars. Four hundred and nine hundred. Somebody just one for nine thousand dollars. Well, that's a complete idiot. He's he's Willie Wonka. He signed ten randomly. But I mean, these are the same people who complain that they the gas is too high. This is too high. And now all of a sudden they have money for these tacky sneakers. You know what? Let them buy. Let them buy this. Let them buy what they want when they're running down the street because they think they got a good hour run to do. And it starts coming off their feet because it falls apart like a two dollar, you know. They also don't ship until July 2024. That's right. They're never going to see those. They're never going to see them. And by the way, somebody I know said I'm going to buy it because it'll be worth money down the line, really maybe a hundred years from now. But like even Hitlerian stuff doesn't really sell. No, it's no. You know, even Hitlerian stuff doesn't sell unless you. Oh, who who was the billionaire? I forgot um, who in his sanctum, sanctum sanctorum uh, has some Hitler paintings on the wall. It was some major Republican donor in years past. I don't exactly remember whom, but it's very real. All kidding aside, the White House is warning Americans in Russia to get the fuck out. Uh, actually, the words they used were leave now. Uh, this came from uh, John Kirby, national security spokesperson, and said, uh, we want to reinforce the level four do not travel advisory. At President Biden's direction, we will be announcing a major sanctions package on Friday of this week to hold Russia accountable for what happened to Mr. Navalny. Whatever story the Russian government decides to tell the world, it's clear President Putin and his government are responsible for Mr. Navalny's death. If the Ukrainians aren't better supplied, if they don't get a relief from the shortage of ammunition that they're suffering right now, this move on Avdivka could actually have a larger effect on the fighting in the east. Avdivka is a bombed-out ruin of a former city that Ukraine lost to a Russian advance because of people like Mullah Moses, Mike Johnson, and, of course, Marge Sporkfoot. If they don't get a relief from the shortage of ammunition they're suffering right now, this move on Avdivka could actually have a larger effect on the fighting in the east and the amount of territory that the Russians might be able to get over time. Kirby added, Ukrainian troops were forced to withdraw from the city of Avdivka on Saturday because they practically ran out of supplies, including artillery ammunition. I believe that the president's comments and willingness to have another conversation reflect a sense of urgency that we all we all believe we're in, and frankly, we believe Congress should believe instead of being on vacation. Ow.
Kirby said, I want to reiterate our very strong warnings about the danger to U.S. citizens in Russia. Meanwhile, they're reportedly building an enclave for disaffected Americans to move to a very specific community there for disaffected Americans who can really up close and personal learn to appreciate Russian hospitality. Right. Well, we're at the halfway mark of the program. We are at a goose egg so far. We are $805 from being fully caught up. That's today, yesterday, and $205 of last Friday. If we could raise the 205 for last Friday, that would be fantastic because it would mean that we had actually finished last week's fundraising before a full week had passed. So if you're out there and you want to help, it's much appreciated. And uh, the PayPal button is at headon.live. And... Uh, pretty self-explanatory if you'd like to just become if you'd just like to become a subscriber well put down 10 bucks or whatever and uh well that'll 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 set you back a half a stick of chewing uh, less than a half a stick of chewing gum per program you can't even buy a song on apple music for that cynthia adding oh i'll be walking if it ever stops raining is this just is is this unu is this unusual or is this monsoon season the, the new monsoon season in the Bay Area or or the prelude to the to the sky catching fire or something? My one time there, hi Tom, uh, was in it was in January one year, and I just thought it. Perfect. Oh, that's right. That's right. Ralphs did a challenge. There is a challenge on the table. Thank you, Ralphs. I get going and I I get I get lost in all of the uh, various and sundry madness of the day. But yes, the uh, $25 challenge for judging Goron's decision for Mary Trump's no, that was February 16th. Oh, yes, that, yes, 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 yes. There we go. Thank you, Ralphs. $25 challenge in honor of Hunter Biden accusing prosecutors, and I love this, I've got it in the stack, of mistaking sawdust for cocaine and considering who the special prosecutor is in this, would you be surprised Because in evidentiary photographs, Weiss's team has identified sawdust as cocaine. Abby Lowell is the real deal when it comes to criminal defense in Washington, D.C. He filed a motion in Delaware just today to compel discovery in the federal, the really dumb federal gun case that nobody gets charged with unless his last name is Biden. And uh, according to the National Review, they criticized Weiss's investigation by invoking the photographs and the indictment of a 
former FBI informant for making false allegations of bribery against Joe and Hunter Biden. The court filing. <laughs> it, you know Abby Lovell's uh, team must have had fun drafting this. Multiple sources have pointed out, and a review of Discovery confirms, this is actually a photo of sawdust from an expert carpenter, and it was sent to Mr. Biden, not vice versa. The prosecution was reckless in making such a hyperbolic and sensational claim in a public filing, which it surely realized would prejudice Mr. Biden in the public eye. And then, of course, there's references to Alexander Smirnov, <laughs> recently indicted. The special counsel charged Mr. Smirnov with lying and obstruction, but the more interesting part of this story is not that Mr. Smirnov lied. It is more remarkable that beginning in July 2023, the special counsel's team would follow Mr. Smirnov down his rabbit hole of lies as long as it did. Disclosure about why the special counsel abandoned its June-July 2023 agreements with Mr. Biden and the role played by the Smirnov allegations may reveal flaws worse than mistaking sawdust for cocaine. And not to put too fine a point on it or anything, but, well, uh, this says more about Weiss and his team than it does about just nearly anyone else. How white must wood be for sawdust, an expert carpenter, remember, to saw... I mean, what kind of wood is that white? Well, I mean, okay, maybe with a little bit of a tinge of yellow to it. I mean, birch? Oak? Pretty sure it's not teak. Definitely not mahogany. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ralphs. I'm... Uh, I don't know how, I, but thank you so much. So we can uh, we can knock the fundraising goal down to uh, uh, seven fifty five if someone cares to meet the uh, that ain't cocaine that sawdust challenge. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so so much. Uh, Bay Area weather. Matt in San Francisco says it's our new normal. Our four, our four seasons are now fire, flood, drought, and heat wave. It all used to be so nice before the climate change that's a, that's a uh, Chinese hoax began actually gathering steam, wasn't it, Matt? Uh, Trump sneakers, Lee in New York, says, I wonder how effective they are at running away from civil penalties. They're not converse. They're con worse. Oh, Lee! The official name for them is the Never Surrender Sneakers. Well, the maggots probably need some new shoes after they burned all their Nike stuff when Nike entered into a contract with Colin Kaepernick a few years ago. They've been going barefoot ever since. Poor little maggots. So, uh, Matt, just to work with... yeah. So, this is flood season? And that explains why Cynthia can't go to a, go for a walk. Got it. But like I said, we're at the halfway point of the program, and Cynthia says, we have our weather swings here. We had a ton of rain last year, and we're getting plenty this year. 
but before that we were having drought and would have killed for a little rain. Boom or bust, that's our weather. To be sure, I live in the rain shadow of the Santa Cruz Mountains in San Jose, and I don't get near the rain that I don't get nearly the rain that other areas get, so my totals are usually less. But my little backyard weather station has received 10.68 inches so far this year. Not bad. Matt has it right though. Matt, Cynthia, Cynthia, Matt. No, we got enough for bridge. Let's go over to the phones. See who we've got on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. Well, hey, Dave. I have some news about the Veterans Administration and its efficient use of time and resources. Oh, I can't wait. Well, as you know, Christine went to Chicago this morning. Uh, Yes, so you told us. And they tested her for COVID when she got there. Mm -hmm. They told her not to do it while she was here. To wait until she got there, and while they tested her, and she tested positive. Oh, no. And and they told her she could sit in her room for 10 days with no training, or she could go home. So she's coming home tomorrow. All for the... Yeah, then they drove all the way, they drove her all the way to Chicago, and they'll be driving her all the way back. Within about 36 hours. That's your Veterans Administration at work. God, that's not even enough time to stop for a Chicago hot dog. Well, exactly. You know, or, or, uh, deep dish from Geno's or whatever, you know, anything like that. No, you can't, no. Anyways, she, uh, she is livid. And I imagine she is, like, and justifiably so. Well, and we had already arranged for her to have a friend of ours clear out her fridge and bring me the contents uh, so that the food wouldn't go to waste. Well, that's no longer on, on the table. Um, and I'm stretching out my coffee. Uh, I'll, I'll send a friend of mine to the store and get another jar of it. But, uh, the, uh, it's just irritating. They could have tested her three or four days ago. They could have tested her on on oh, oh, but Dave, freedom, Friday last freedom. Week. Yeah, well, and the last time she ran into a bunch of black trumpanzees. We now know where they're at. They're all at a blind school in in Chicago, run by the VA. Wait, is this is 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 this a whole bunch of Clayton Bigsby's who are maggots who don't know they're black? Oh, uh, Clayton Mosby's? Yes. These are a bunch of Clayton Mosby's. Nice. Um, and, and just for anybody who isn't, I, just, for, just for anyone who isn't up on, uh, Christine's black. So. Yes. Yes. 
she uh, is definitely what she she reminds me of those uh, crazy old aunties you hear in the see in the movies uh, who who will tell you exactly what they think and they don't give a fuck what anybody else says. That's that's my beloved Christine. Yes, uh, Christine. Christine has been uh, on this program. Yes, she has, and she has been a huge fan of, of the work of, of the Horn Family Community Congregation. Um, and because she does not have a uh, a uh, PayPal account. She tends to tell me, Dave, can can you uh, send a donation on my behalf, which is I do sometimes. You know, and I'll, yes, I'll you tag have, it. And, and thank let you. you know, this is from Christine. So what? So what? Time, what about what time does she get back? Oh, I would imagine they'll feed her lunch. She might get back about four or five o'clock. In the morning? In the evening. Oh, okay. In the evening. Okay, okay. I was a little lost on the timeline. Well, uh, it would be about 11 a.m. our time when she would leave, give them a couple of hours to get down here from, from Chicago. Yeah, about... About four or five o'clock is when she's going to get home. Well, hopefully she won't. Yeah, so she won't be in the car that miserably long. But what a what a dumb trip! Right, and you know she made arrangements for the cats to be taken care of. Even left money for our friend uh, to get more cat food or, or kitty litter if he needed to while she was gone. Cause I told her, I said, well, have him let me know if you, if he needs to get any, um, cat food or kitty litter and I will advance him the money, you know, right. because, and so, and so, the, 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 you know, the, the the worst part of all this is that she gets to do it all over again. Only God knows when. Right, right. And I told her, I said, the next time they tell you, they'll test you when they when you get there. Go and have yourself tested before you go. And and. Um, And the, the VA's been pulling this kind of shit for years. Um, but I I called to make some comments. I, I hear the, the, the Nuremberg rallies are back in town again. Apparently so. Over at the gay over at the Gaylord National Convention Center and Hotel or some such. Well, you, you would think that the, the the maggots would, you know, 
try to raise the ghost of Juan Perón or, or uh, dare, I, dare I hope, Dolph himself. Uh, raise them out of hell to speak to the to the fascist faithful. I I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Well, I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, they didn't in, in, invite Mary Magdalene de Volder to. Uh, to the proceedings because he's so put upon by his his uh, indictments you would think they would immediately embrace him and say tell us how bad bad they did but I have a feeling they were so embarrassed by him but Donald Trump makes this guy look like an amateur. Oh, I think yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've got a, I've got a name for the uh, for the yellow tennis shoes. Yes. That would be perfect for Donald. Gold bricks. Yeah. And Trump gold bricks. How about this? How about this? Sit there and do nothing. Yeah. Now this is this is this is this is an old brand, but how about Pyrite PF flyer the the PF flyers? Although I'm I think I think Lee did a great job with Con Worse. Yeah. Although Kellyanne might try to sue him, thinking it's too close to Conway. Um. And when will that woman ever shut up? Didn't she get investigated for child pornography? For posting a picture of her daughter's chest without a bra or shirt or anything there on? <laughs> I think she was questioned in that manner. But... Uh, It's okay if you're a Republican. I O K I Y A R. It always works. And uh, if the absolute immunity uh, argument doesn't work, they're going to go for absolute stupidity. I I would not. I would not. I would not be surprised if they, if his petty foggers tried to launch a competency uh, inquiry claiming that he's too incompetent to stand trial. I, well, I mean, that, that, we, we, yeah, you know, we're kind of waiting for that, Dave. You know, that's hence the plaid blanket, the wheelchair. Uh, the bib, right. and, the bib and, and, the, and, and the oatmeal and the drool. Oatmeal drool, yes. Yeah, uh, and as for, uh, I really enjoyed the other day when you and uh, you were talking to uh, David Morgan. 
Yeah. And and uh, we were talking. He he mentioned our conversation the night before about whether or not uh, the the petty foggers in, in, in Georgia had survived one L. Um, at some point, I would, if I were the judge, I'd, I'd be looking at at them and going, you know, um, I need to see your bar card <laughs> now, <laughs> just to make sure you've actually got one and it doesn't have a and it and it doesn't have a piece of a piece of bazooka bubble gum with it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't think D.A. Willis has anything to really worry about. I, I listened to a big chunk of them, and, and, and they at least answered the questions, even though they were asked several times. And uh, The judge gave a lot more latitude to the defendant's that then I thought was seemly. I mean, it's one thing to warn Willis about her her outburst. And, and that that's understandable. And I can understand why she get got so upset. But as a as a well trained lawyer and I think we both agree she is an extremely confident lawyer. She's got to know that there's a line that you you have to dance. Um, because you're dealing with you're dealing with the judge that's going to be sitting in this case. Um, I thought her father's testimony was. was powerful. I didn't know about his background until afterward. And I can now understand... Yeah, a, law- a lawyer in his own right. Well, not only is he a lawyer in his own right, but he's argued cases in the International Criminal Court. Um, and... That's a very specialized type of of practice. When you're dealing in international law and you're dealing in in various conventions that have legal ramifications, that's an extremely specialized area of the law. Now, if the United States would recognize the court and actually submit to examination, Nitwit Nero, uh, his most erroneous Bush, and, and, and others. Um, then I think that would that would actually increase the standing of the United States in that if the United States is held as accountable as 
we try to hold others. And this is why Putin is doing what he's doing. Because you'll always be able to look over at Donald Trump or the Republicans and go, they don't care. They won't even put their own on trial. I think what everybody thinks that um, something's going to happen with Ukraine funding because of Uvalde. And I think that nothing's going to happen because Sporkfoot and the Gang of Age maggots won't allow it. Yeah, they do. They've got his balls in an old mayonnaise jar in the back of the refrigerator next to all those pint jars of pee-pee that, that uh, Sporkfoot has. But, you know, just call me Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Or a Pollyanna. Okay, Rebecca. <laughs> or, a, yeah, or a Pollyanna. All right. All right. But I can't. I am not going back to the courthouse and changing again. At that point, it becomes pathetic. Uh, yeah, right. But the real is, I mean, come on. Discharge petitions are a thing. Yes, ma'am, they are. And they take about 60 days to do, but yeah. Well, as opposed to not at all? Well, you get my point? It's it, so, the point so, is well, getting I mean, just, them to sign on it and stay signed on it long enough for it to take effect. Because I guarantee you, the minute there's a discharge petition that's got enough votes, Sportfoot's going to call for a privileged motion and remove Mold Mike as speaker so it can't move forward. But that, you know... Given but the, that shouldn't uh, stop the Democrats from circulating a, a discharge petition. Well, that's the point. The math is the point here. There are 212 Democratic votes for a, potentially for a discharge petition. Agreed? Agreed. And so you need roughly... Uh, let's see... You, you need you need something like half of the house, and so that means that so you need a, you need another five or six Republicans, and there are more than that who voted to fund the war or, or, or Ukraine's defense in the war. Now, what that will do, whether whether Sporkfoot files a, a motion to vacate the speaker or not. It will unman Mullah Moses Mike. Uh, well, I, I he will be yeah. Yeah, I mean he will be he'll be a lame duck before November fifth even gets here. You see, you see my meaning. Yeah. And so I don't. I, I just can't imagine that Hakeem Jeffries is sitting back saying, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we can do. Oh, no. Uh, Leader Jeffries is not, it doesn't strike me as the kind of individual who would do something like that. He, he's always working on something, and I think 
to tell you the truth, I think Nancy Pelosi showed the Democrats the way. Well, and she you know, t- and she took she, him. She took him under her wing and taught him how to be a leader and prepared him to eventually be speaker. And I think he'll make a fine speaker. I think he will. And you know, they asked, "What was it?" I was listening to something on MSNBC the other day, and Nancy Pelosi was on there and. She deferred to him, and she says she told uh, whoever she was talking to, I forget who it was, she told them that uh, Leader Jeffries will make that decision and let us know what he thinks we should do. We can always tell him what we think, but he's the one that makes the decision about where we go next. And what we do next. And I think if they're going to push the Republicans around, and they should, because the one thing um, Vladimir can't do is threaten everybody in the House that votes against him. I mean, he can say, well, they're not allowed in Russia, but which one of them would want to go to Russia? I mean, really. I mean, Russia is a petrostate. It's being run by a dictatorship. I won't even refer to him as President Putin. The guy's rigged so many elections, it's not funny. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, their elections have so much rigging, you could sail them out to sea. Ha. Well, well, you know, they they could sail the Murmansk Run on their, oh. on those uh, oh, on well that pl- ship of state. Well played, Murmansk Run. Oh my goodness gracious! I'm sure you know there are thousands of podcasts all over the country, all over the globe, and I bet this is the only one that has the phrase Murmansk Run in it. And. Uh, for for those of you who are historically challenged, the Murmansk Run was a uh, a supply route shipping convoy for aid to the Soviet Union during, during the Second World, World War, War II. Yeah. And my one of my classmates when I was in Anchorage, when I was in the JNOTC unit there, um, her father had fought um, at the Battle of Pearl Harbor and he was on escort duty on the Murmansk Run and some Soviet sailors invited him to a party meeting and he's a young American sailor these guys are our allies and what sailor would turn down going to a party? And that's exactly Oops. how he put it. Oops. And he uh, he got back to the barracks, and there was a guy from Naval Intelligence there. And, and so he told him what happened. And the the, the intelligence officer said, yeah, it's true. There are our allies, but 
we don't trust them that far. If you ever get approached again, Call let me. us know. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, because the intelligence officer was like, okay, I get this. And, but he, he, uh, evidently his commanding officer caught wind of it and contacted naval intelligence and, and, uh, he didn't get into any trouble over it. He, he was just warned, don't do it again. And if you're approached, contact us. But he, uh, I met him on the anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack. And being a, a JNOTC unit, we, we all came to attention when he came into the room out of, out of respect for what he had done. And um, when he was relaying information about the, the battle, his eyes were closed and you could see tears in his eyes. He was reliving it. And I've seen that happen to other veterans. And the best thing you can do is just listen. Because a lot of times these, these folks will not talk. Especially if they're from that, that generation. I had a friend who ran a, a diner here in Indianapolis. He had joined the Marines when he was 14. He lied about his age and, and went to join the Marines because he didn't want to miss out on World War II. And he ended up fighting in the Pacific. And there was some, there was a newscast about some violence on our end of town. I lived on the east side at that time. And he said, I saw enough bloodshed in, in the Pacific to last me a lifetime. And I asked him one time, I said, I said um, Bert, why in the hell did you join at 14? He said, I didn't want to miss out. I thought it'd be over with by the time I got old enough to join. And, you know, my, my own grandfather, my dad's father, went down on December 8th to the recruiting station and tried to join, but he had five kids at home, and they looked over at him and said, Mr. Shaw, we're glad you came down. We appreciate you wanting to join, but we think that you staying home and taking care of your family would be a bigger help to the war effort because if you're injured and killed, the government's on, on the hook to support your family. That, and I think they took a look at his medical records and, and, and then, my grandfather and then, let, and then let him down gently. Right. Right. I, I think that's what happened. Uh, 
but the argument of that he had five kids at home and a wife and five kids at home, yeah, that that made sense too. Um, you know, and he was by profession he was a musician, so it wasn't like he was a, a mechanic or you know a truck driver or you know. But he uh, he did try he did try to join on the eighth the eighth of December and they uh, they they let him down gently and thankfully they did because my dad who was child number seven out of thirteen was born on April fifteenth. 1945, the day that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was buried in Hyde Park, New York. I went to a website and looked up all of our birthdays. Dad's is the only one that had a significant historical event happen on that day. So... You know, I, I'm I'm kind of glad they 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 did tell Grandpa that you know they thought his best contribution to the war effort would be to stay at home and take care of his family. And uh, but yeah, my aunt told me that he would he went right down. That day, I mean, they had just declared war, and he went down, and he wanted to sign up, like a lot of men did. And they let him down, because I I think it's because my grandpa had well-documented mental health issues as well, and putting him in a, in a stressful situation like being in a war zone or something like that, it could have gotten ugly. And my grandfather was six foot five and he was built like a nose tackle. So it could have gotten nasty. But oh, these, quickly, yeah. ma- these, these maggots I, I cannot believe that this is not the Republican Party that I grew up in and around because my dad was a, is a lifelong Republican. He was involved in Republican politics. I remember as a kid meeting at the house, you know, and I, I told you before about going to those bean dinners. Oh, Lord, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and and, and uh, the uh, this is not that this is not the party that supported civil rights in the late sixties and early seventies. Um, this is this is a Republican party that got taken over by the Dixiecrats. Well, and and the, the the 
the final triumph of the John Birchers and the Klansmen who became the conservative movement of the late 60s into the 70s, you know, Goldwater Republicans, and eventually they've become the teabaggers, and now they're the maggots. Because they're, they're fundamentally autocratic. They are, they, are, they are prone to following any autocratic leader wherever that autocratic leader go, goeth. I remember when the state of Arizona tried to nullify the King holiday. And Goldwater was involved in that movement, that little bowel movement. Was John McCain in on that, too? No, I don't think he was. I, I know Goldwater was. Oh, no, John, John McCain was involved in the uh, Keating Five. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, if you ever uh, see the film, The People versus Larry Flint. Oh, I have. Keating is involved. The Ke- Keating is involved in a case against Flint as one of the good outstanding Ohioans that, you know, and at the end of the film, it tells you what happens to some of these people. And it's always the people that want to tell you what to do, what to see, what to read, who have the, the darkest secrets in their, in their closet. Oh, Dave, uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to cha- shift gears for just a minute because this is in your backyard. I was wondering if you followed or heard anything more about the Waffle House massacre there in Talibandianapolis. No, but it doesn't surprise me because we've got like two or three Waffle Houses here in Indianapolis. And they're open 24 hours. And, As Waffle Houses well, will be. The, major- the, 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 the majority of the staff there are African American. So it doesn't surprise me that they'd be a target of that kind of violence. Well, it happened about 12.30 in the morning. Um, either, well, I guess night before last. It was 12.30 a.m. Monday, and there were a pair of groups in the Waffle House. You know, Waffle House doesn't even sell beer, for God's sakes. Uh, Right. It's coffee and Coke and, you know. And hash browns scattered, smothered, and covered. Right, and and capped. I always get mine capped, which means mushrooms, folks. Yes. What is it? What is it when they add the jalapenos? I don't recall. Scattered, smothered, covered. I just get mine smothered. I, I just get mine smothered, covered, and capped, which is onions, cheese, and mushroom. Well, there's another term for when they put that. But anyway, uh, the 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 shooting broke out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Second Amendment freedom broke out at about 12:30 a.m. One woman was killed. Um, 
one man was in critical condition as of the reporting. Uh, and, uh, two guns were found, a handgun at the crime scene and another in a car in, I guess, the parking lot. According to the police, multiple victims remained on the scene, were aiding authorities in their investigation. And this was, you know, I, I guess it was all, I mean, the NBA midseason all-star game was there in Taliban, Indianapolis. Yeah. I think Chris was telling me something about that, or trying to tell me something about that, but I didn't know. And the thing is, she had, because Christine's worked in food service for 40 years. She's one person away from knowing everybody, every other server in Indianapolis, you know, or every other delivery driver in Indianapolis. And so when there's a shooting, she might know that person. Uh, there was a woman that she worked with at Kroger. Uh, a woman named Sarah who was working two jobs. She was on her way to the second job. And she was murdered. And the, the reason that people were so concerned about them finding the, the uh, killers was that Sarah was a trans woman. And Christine had known her and I had met her once. And my sister-in-law misgendered her and then made the accusation that she was out cruising. And Christine snapped at her and said, don't you dare, you didn't know her. She had two jobs. And Christine just went down my sister-in-law's throat. Because Sarah was a decent human being who went out of her way to make friends. And it's like the manager at the Kroger, the general manager said, everybody liked her. It was not one of these, you know, she did her job, she went home, and her coworkers liked her, and the customers liked her. Um, but and fortunately, the cops did not misgender her. The controversy happened because the news media reported that she was a trans woman. And that's where, where the problems began. And I understand why people were concerned. Um, and Indianapolis does not have a, a good track record with dealing with homicides. I mean, they'll catch a few, they'll solve a few homicide cases, but more times than not, um, they will, uh, It'll be years, if at all. And you have to understand, the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police have more contacts 
per officer per shift than the New York City Police Department. They have almost three times as many contacts with the public as your average New York City cop has. So, and there are only about 1,200 officers in IMPD for nearly a million people. And don't even get me started on the Marion County Sheriff's Office. That, and there's been corruption in those departments for decades. To the point where my niece, who married a young man who became a police officer 20-some years ago, and is now a detective with IMPD, uh, when he first got out of the academy, he told me he was worried that he'd become as corrupt as some of the cops that were already on the force there. One year, they fired 12 officers for criminal, for felonious, uh, they were charged with felonies, and many of them were convicted. So, you know, being convicted felons, they can't, they can't have firearms. And in Indiana, if you can't have a firearm, you can't be a cop. So. Well, it actually seems kind of common no. sense for a place like Taliban, Indiana. Um, I know. It's and, and by the, by the way, I, By the way, I just had a note from uh, Clarence who is still sitting at home and not on the road as he recovers from COVID. Hi, Clarence. That was a great conversation yesterday. Uh, Clarence, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc MLK Day John McCain Research Department, uh, it turns out that, yes, back in 1983, John McCain, then a member of the House of Representatives, voted against making MLK Jr.'s birthday a national holiday. By the time he was running, oh, for, by the time he was running for president, uh, he said his position had <clears throat> evolved. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> it crawled up out of the muck and got up on two legs and started walking around. It evolved. <laughs> well, um, my. Uh... My nephew's family runs a soul food restaurant here in town. And before the previous location burned down, they had pictures of this rather lanky guy with, with large ears, some junior senator from Illinois, who was talking to people in the neighborhood. They had pictures of him, and he would eat lunch there at the restaurant. But the the morning of the, of the presidential election, he was in Indianapolis at a union hall checking on the get-out-the-vote operation. And I remember when he first ran, uh, 
there were volunteers all over the neighborhood uh, with the Obama campaign uh, knocking on doors and getting the vote out. And I had a feeling at that point that he was going to win because you looked at the number of uh, the number of tables. I, I was at IUPUI at the time. You look at the number of tables they put out to register voters that the Republicans had out. They had one. The Democrats had six. And if we're going to win in 2024, we've got to do the same kind of shit. We've got to organize on the ground and get out there. And yes, Indiana is one of the most maggoty places on earth. But you've got to go door to door in Alabama and Annapolis, especially. Because in Indianapolis, the vote usually gets carried by the black community. And it's not just enough to get the, the, the preachers on Sunday morning getting souls to the polls. Um, although they do a wonderful job of that, you're talking about a county that's got over almost a million people. Just in Marion County, not even, and it's closer to two million when you count the donut counties, the surrounding counties. Uh, so, uh, the Democrats really need to start getting their ground game together. And they need to start doing it now. Because Mitwood Nero and company and his bankers in Moscow have got a slew of money. And don't you think that the Russians aren't going to use some front groups to to funnel money into Mitt Whitmero's campaign. Vladimir needs him. Oh, yes. And that's the difference between the Republican Party I grew up in and now. Um, It was kind of sad to see uh, Luger got turfed out because he was considered too much of a liberal. With, with, when anybody who's ever followed Richard Luger's career knows that he's anything, was anything but, but a liberal. A liberal. Right. Right. I mean, his presidential campaign was a one issue campaign and that was nuclear weapons. And he was an expert at it. But he was—he would have looked over at his colleagues in the house and tried to shame them into 
doing the right thing. And I think if it wasn't for Sporkfoot and the Gang of Eight, they would uh, they would have already passed the uh, funding for Ukraine's defense because they're they're playing it too cute by half. Oh well, we're rejecting the border security, but we're rejecting. Ukrainian money because there's no border security. You know. But that's perfectly okay for the maggots. They don't care about about that. Just as long as they can own the libs and piss people like me off. That's all they give a shit about. They don't care about governing. They don't care about anything else. They'll just goose step behind the little morons and, and, and uh, you know, when they're saying things like, I'd rather have Trump as a dictator than Biden as president for four more years, that's fucking scary. Uh, uh, can, we, can, can I see you're scary and raise you a terrifying... Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. But I, I'm a student of history as well. And they will come after anybody who they feel is a drain on resources or doesn't conform to what they think a man or a woman should be or uh, you know, uh, they 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 want it to be the law of the land that once he comes, you're done. Uh, when it comes to bodily autonomy for those who can give birth, <sighs> who in China did I piss off, Robin? I want to know. I want to, if somebody can tell me who the hell I pissed off in China. I would like to know because these are surely interesting times. Interesting. Yeah, interesting, interesting times, indeed. Um. Well, uh, Dave, I'm going to try to hit a couple of more a uh, couple of more stories on the way out the door. But please, when Christine gets home, uh, give her our our best wishes and 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 fondest oh, fondest hopes that it goes better next damn time. Yeah, I, I will, Robin, and I'll make sure she gets plenty of orange juice and whatever else she needs. Uh, so she can recover quickly. I would hope that if they found out that she's positive, they would begin treatment up up there, but they, they're not going to. I would, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be standard of care to get her on the antiviral 
I would think so, but she believes the vaccination led to her stroke, so she's kind of loath to, oh, okay. yeah. to, to do any of that. I mean, you're dealing with a woman who suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. And as often as I tell her, I think she's got nothing to worry about. She always snaps back, but you're not looking at it from my point of view. So it's one of those picture battle situations. All right, Robin, I'll talk to you later. Okay, and you have a wonderful evening, Dave. Thanks so I much will. for the call. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to uh, use the Scott Marinoff Memorial coffee mug and make my last cup of coffee for a while. Oh dear! And I'll enjoy the rest of the program. What kind of coffee do you drink? Oh, I'm just curious. Like, what kind of coffee do you drink? Um, usually a dark roast. It's it's a store brand. Well, you, you, you said earlier. I, I thought I actually thought of Scott because earlier you said another jar of coffee. I'm like, are we drinking instant day? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, I because my coffee mug is metal. I can't uh, heat it up in the microwave. So I, but my hot water is at about 125. And while that's not hot enough for most people, uh, it's just at the right drinking temperature for me. So do you do you drink it? You drink so, it black? Do you drink it black, or do you put a little cream in milk, whatever? I put I put I put a little sugar. I put a little cream in when I got it. Uh, but uh, my coffee is like my ex-wife, strong and black. So. There we are. All right, Dave. Have a good evening and say hi to Christine for us and wish her uh, wish her a speedy recovery, please. I will, Robin. All right. You take care. Thanks. See you, Dave. Bye. Bye. And so uh, that's our buddy Dave in Taliban, Indiana. Dave in the blind. And uh, for all I know, calling uh, calling from the uh, home office of Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium, I. I, I don't know that. Uh, well, I think Gladys makes. Let, you know, yeah, Gladys lets him use the phone. I, I wanted to uh, before I go back to the phones again. Um, I wanted to provide a little bit of an update from a story we had yesterday. This is. You, you might recall that. In as much as this story comes from Alabama, it is dumber in the head than a hog is in the ass. It's the story of the Supreme Court ruling, the Alabama Supreme Court. It has nine members. Eight members of that Supreme Court joined a majority ruling saying that embryos, frozen, cryogenically stored embryos are, and this is the word they used, children. So three test tubes full of children 
uh, broke on the floor when a patient took them. I don't know. Uh, the, the suit papers, you'll recall, said eloped with them. And that just gave me such creepy visuals in my poor little mind that I... Yeah. Gives a whole new meaning to the concept of the test tube, baby. Stop it. Well, here's the update. One, it was an eight-to-one ruling. Only one member of the Supreme Court of Alabama voted against the ruling. That member's name is Greg Cook, Justice Cook. And I bring this up only to to, to perhaps demonstrate, again, what a monumental, gigantic fraud right-wing constitutional originalism is. Because I guarantee you, if you polled those eight members of the Alabama Supreme Court and said, Hi, are you an originalist? Oh, yeah, I'm an originalist. I'm all I I'm I'm I I'm I'm pure hundred hundred percent originalism, right down to the three fifths clause. This right here is Alabama. Remember, the original Constitution didn't have no Thirteenth Amendment in it. Well, I'm just going to read the I'm I'm going to read directly from the text of the uh, story in the Hill. Alabama Supreme Court Justice Greg Cook issued a dissenting opinion. Cook argued, in his opinion, that it was not within the role of the court to, quote, expand the reach of a statute and breathe life into it by updating or amending it, unquote. He argued, this is, this is where the punchline is, he argued the law that was written in 1872 would not have... Let me back up. He argued that the law that was written in 1872 would not have taken into account the status of frozen embryos and to argue that the law does would require an explicit amendment from the state legislature. He's correct in all four. I mean, we're talking about Montgomery, Alabama, okay? Nine years after the close of the civil... No, not nine years. Again with the ciphering. Seven years after the close of the Civil War. You know, after places like Alabama had to run up the last Confederate flag. You know, the one that was solid white that they would eventually turn into a Klan robe. Yeah, seven years after the end of the Civil War, which Alabama and the rest of the Confederacy fucking lost, uh, that was gratuitous. They passed a statute about unborn babies. Suffice to say that the state capital is in Montgomery, Alabama. And Montgomery, Alabama doesn't get that many days a year when temperatures drop below freezing. Two, also, there were no freezers. 
uh, there were no microscopes. Uh, there was no, for all intents and purposes, gynecology. But eight out of nine members of the Alabama Supreme Court decided that those sage Solons who crafted that statute in 1872 clearly would have wanted to include test tube embryos and call them children because God. And yes, in the majority opinion, uh, Miss Terry and I were talking about it earlier today, uh, there's the, 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 uh, the justice who authored the opinion waxed eloquent about the breath of God. Now, how does this fit in with originalism? Well, the Bruin decision, as well as Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, uh, summer before last, relies heavily upon concepts of the history and tradition of the United States and the original intent of the framers. Well, the fact of the matter is, women were aborting babies in 1787. They just didn't tell the menfolk how. And the menfolk didn't really want to know because, you know, women's bodies are gross and ooky unless the men in question are getting a little nooky. I'll let myself out. But originalism, as we see here, goes right, flying right out the door when there's a, when there's a maggot fetus fetish involved. The legislature of Alabama did not, in fact, take up the 1872 statute and amend it to say that, uh, that frozen embryos are children. So now you got people, uh, these geniuses, have got people in Alabama kind of up, uh, up in a bit of a, a, an uproar and or a quandary with, uh, well, concerned citizens wondering if, for purposes of the Alabama state income tax, they can claim their embryos, gotta love this, as children, and thus as dependents. Bob of two minds, sure, why not? And... The legislature's going to love that shit. Even less money to run that broke-ass state on. Now you got people unionizing at the car plants and whatnot. Uh, it's still plenty maggoty down there, but golly gee. Test tube children. We're not talking about children who are born from in vitro fertilization who become children later. Not no. Their children in the test tube. I'm firmly convinced that the uh, Alabama Supreme Court, at least out, eight out of nine of them, like me, as children, often longed for their own package of sea monkeys, but did not get them. Because, you know, the packaging was so cute, it showed the little, preg the little pregnant queen sea monkey with her little crown 
and her little distended sea monkey belly, and the proud king sea monkey, and the little sea monkey princes and princesses uh, bobbing. What they were were brine shrimp. And anyone who actually got sea monkeys realized that, no, it didn't quite live up to the hype, and that Mommy and Daddy had, in fact, just given in and paid a nickel to go this way to the egress. But the eight members of the Alabama Supreme Court think there are children in those test tubes. Yeah, down on a microscopic level, you know, putting on their roller skates with their, with their roller skate key and gliding about on the... On the, on the streets of Embryo Town. Playing fetch with their little embryonic puppy. Probably a little embryonic kitty in there. Maybe an embryonic fish or an embryonic bird. Down there having embryonic Cheerios in a bowl in front of them on in their embryonic high chairs. 1872. Government in action. What a bunch of dumbasses, to put it um, succinctly. Um, Emilio said, I think the Supreme Court of Middle Earth also had nine members. Pretty terse on oral arguments, if I recall correctly. Okay. We've been working the Middle Earth angle this evening. Lee in New York adding, Originalist and the original Constitution did not have a Second Amendment. Maggot said, what? True. And uh, Emilio adds that Bankers in Moscow is the worst prog rock band ever. I think it's I think it's cute that you think that would be a prog rock band. That's a punk band, Emilio. Come on, get with the program. Yeah, let's go back. And by the way, uh, Ralph's uh, sawdust is not cocaine challenge is still on the table. And I got a note a little bit earlier on that very topic from Theo. Theo said, "I'm lost in the woods." <laughs> hey, Robin. Hey, Theo. I can't think of a form of sawdust which passes the most cursory drug test, and white birch, with which I'm familiar, is a non-starter. As to subjecting the suspect substance to an <clears throat> sniff test, not volunteering. Well, you know, I mean, we all we all we all have our youthful indiscretions. I tried snorting coke once, about drowned. Ah. No. The llama died? Yes, the llama died. Okay, over to the stress line, see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Roxanne. What's up, what? on the red light. I am not that kind of Roxanne. Oh, I got the... I got the... I got the... Well, you know what? That's, that's the riff right there. It, it, it's just... It's so neat. I, I did a little DJ in the free. Roxanne! Yeah, you can't. You, you can't. I wanted to call you Robin, but Roxanne just eats out. Yeah, well, no, it just, I, I'm pissed. It, it just, I, I've had so many people tell me, you know, that's, yes, you're, yeah, you're a Roxanne. Yeah, you are. H- have you seen the new Dune trailer? 
No, I have not. Oh my! But but God. but 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 I have heard that Christopher Walken is the Emperor Shaddam the Fourth. He's awesome. He's awesome at it. Hell, could Literally he not be? He's awesome at it. Well, I, I, but he, you know, um, who was the who was the emperor before? What was his name? Uh, he was really good. Fernand, uh, Ferdinand. Oh, um, uh, for, you know uh, uh, Ferrer, wasn't it? Ferrer, yeah, Ferrer. He Jose Ferrer. He was good. Yeah, Jose Ferrer. But I, 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 Christopher Walken made me mad. And just a little bit he had. I'm like, yeah, that's what the emperor he got under my skin. That's not my point. They had a two minute clip of Paul writing the work. Oh, I, 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 wait, I think I did. I think I did see that. Uh, trailer. Where it sounds like a jet. Maybe not. Yeah, he's, he's standing on the word, and you realize, oh shit, he's going hundreds of miles an hour. That's why this is crazy. But that's not what I call it. No, 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 no. And uh, the God, first thing wait, wait hold on, one, hold on. You can't do this to me. Because I've got I've got the trailer queued. Oh, cue the trailer, cue the trailer. That's a lot. You got you can't do it at all on the show. You got it. You got. You've been fighting the Harkonnens for decades. Oh, you maybe can. My family's been fighting them for centuries. They were massacred alongside my father. My father didn't believe in revenge. We believe in Fremen. Let me fight beside you. Reload! Just waiting for Christopher Walken. He said that. I got that. Thanks. I won't be fighting for him. I'm fighting for my people. You young pop. Do you believe in Paul? There are signs. The prophet. Why is that a bad thing? Use it. Because all my visions lead to horror. Because you lose control. Because I gain it. Johnny, do you believe in me? Paul Atreides is still alive. Christopher Walken. Deal with this prophet. Show me who you are. Your father. Was a weak man. Look who's back from the dead. Now do what must be done. We gave them something to hope for. That's not hope! I will love you as long as I breathe. This prophecy is how they enslave us! It's not a prophecy. It's a story. I don't care what you believe. I believe. Diva Trady! You, Uncle Rackus! Under the blue sea, Uncle! 
who can destroy a thing has the real control of it. Okay, I'm intrigued. Yes, Christopher Walken does. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. And Wait, was that the guy who played Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy playing... Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, um, also, the, the Beast Raban? Also, no, this, there's a wonderful tie-in here. Okay? Shout out to my 10th, 11th, and 12th grade English teacher, Connie fucking Bloom. She made us read Dune. And for our senior class project, we did a, we collaborated on a movie set. Basically, you know, she was, if, if, if they ever found a teacher, a hippie teacher spoken quiet at a religious school, it was probably her because she, she'd make popcorn in, in English class. But she had a religious school in Florida, made us read that book and do a movie set. The book with the sex and the stabbings and the, the, the mutagenic, uh, uh, experiments and the spice addiction and the intrigue and the politics. God bless your soul wherever you are, Tommy Blum. And that was back in 1983. I bring that up because Ron DeSantis' purge now has, uh, you, you gotta get a, a teacher's note to, uh, get something from Disney in high school. That's where we're at. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna key up Ron DeSantis because, uh, you know, although fuck Trump, well, Rhonda, Rhonda yeah, God knows exactly Rhonda. God, God knows Rhonda has it coming. He it wants to re legal uh, re illegalize or re felonize him in Florida. He made a belt. He's making belt eight a felony. Oh, so Floridians are going to love him for that. Um, I've been bouncing through numerous things about. I, I don't know. I want to get into the attack ad business so bad. I mean, if I could just sit at the Lincoln, Lincoln Project uh, um, doorstep and just let me help, uh, I'll cut magazines or whatever. But I, I wrote a joke today. I wrote a joke. You got to hear it. Okay. 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 Um, um, now, it's a white power, white supremacy joke. And once again, also, thank you, Ron DeSantis, because we had Nazi shit running around, and nobody said shit. Everybody's just like, oh, well, Nazi's doing Nazi shit, I guess. Anyways, uh, people who read and their lips move don't get the claim white power. In fact, if you have to wear a mask or a goggle to fly your Nazi don't fuck me flag, you might as well keep on the mask because nobody wants to fuck you. In fact, once during the great bath salt scare of 2015, I saw I saw a, a fuzzy security scan of a large chocolate fellow. Uh, he had he didn't have an ounce of shame or a microgram of clothing on, and he was in full trot. He wasn't running; he was trotting, just enjoying the breeze. And and Oxana, I got to say, he looked fabulous. Now, I live in the Keys. I'm straight as fuck. But this guy, I wouldn't say I had a whole game in it, but I did have a, a couple of confused seconds there. He looked like a black Hold on, wait a minute. Who was fresh out of the... <laughs> not, did not have a whole game in it, but we did have a couple of confused seconds. Quality. Yeah, no, no, he looked like a... Quality black, wave, quality. No, he looked, he looked like a black Terminator who just came out of the time thing looking, looking for some drip, looking for some clothes. Now, this guy now, to onto your sea monkeys joke and, and your active zygote uh, uh, stream... A consciousness thing he did. This guy looked like his sperm worked out. 
you know, the fourth fertilization. Under the microscope, those <laughs> little guys had little barbells. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Out in the <laughs> yard. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, was a, it was one of those moments like, what the? Look at, okay, now, after the confusion cleared, and in, in Florida Man fashion, I asked myself two questions. Number one, what drug is that? And number two, how many times a week does this going to work out? <laughs> what drug is that? <laughs> now, where am I going with this? This is the kicker, all right? If he had master and race tattooed on his ass, on his butt cheeks, I'd have to agree with him. i go, yes, that's, 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 that's what the master race looks like. However, doughy, pudgy, boiled lobster mask Nazis, not so much. No. How, yeah, how come the how come the master race never looks masterful? How come they how come they always Terrible. look how come they always look like the dudes uh, going off the cliff, Selma, uh, Thelma and Louise style? I, you know, I've wondered sometimes if the end of Thelma and Louise was taken from you know the Nazis in 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 the Blues Brothers movie. I've always loved you. Yeah. Well, Thelma and Louise. Well, wow. Thelma and Louise, you seriously it up a little bit because I think I think Thelma and Louise was uh, they they went they were two feminists who went out guns blazing, and I mean ultimately a uh, uh, um, Brad Pitt screwed them up if you remember the plot line because they had something going and he took all the money, but eventually they said fuck it and, and here we are. I mean my my final attack ad campaign comes down to rape babies shouldn't be a thing. Agreed. And I've I've explained that to some, and I've uh, I've, I've scratched you on the belly of marathon. Marathon is, is very Trumpy, but it's, it's that education thing. It's the fact that there's um, fuck. They do have an active radio culture here. I mean, radio still works. It's 1980s in the radio here. They got like four country stations, uh, four uh, easy rock stations, one kind of half-ass hip hop. The, the the political push and the thing that the Christian nationalist push is, push is starting to freak me the entire hell out because you'll be sitting because you'll be sitting at like a McDonald's or something like that, and then you hear a country gospel song, and it has all those MAGA themes in it. It's everywhere. Dropkick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life. Yeah. Pretty. Has it been going on a while, or did I just catch it? No, 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 no. It's it, it's been yeah. Country, country, and it's country, everything. Country Christian music is the thing. I mean, oh, I mean, I, I wait. I thought you'd been part of this, these conversations in the past. When you're done, go on YouTube. Just look. For, all you got to all you got to type in, wife, is happy good, happy Goodman family looking for a city, and then you will see Vestal Somebody Goodman. And Someone she could shatter out. that. That woman could she could shatter glass, and not like in an operatic way. Someone gave me a. And we're a little early for a prayer meeting Wednesday, but this is a great intro. Somebody gave me a video, uh, because I was you know playing some music and stuff in the tape or so, and it was some crystal fascist hip hop with AR fifteen. I'm like, what the fuck is this? What are y'all preparing for? Now, 
the uh, the good prophet lady Ellen G. White Armageddon. Um, when she looked her, when she looked around the corner and saw what was happening in America, she basically just read some Fox News on the years ago. I shit you not, that is absolutely real. That that's some of her other writings that nobody talks about. But uh, she just looked at the, the violent horror that we would be. And, and and the fact that we have more guns than people in this country, that kind of stuck in my head. Today. Holy shit! And we've been primed all along. And I don't know. I mean, I, 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 a thought popped in my head. I said maybe maybe uh maybe uh, Trump gave Putin Ukraine attack plan, and that's why I was so hurried. The January sixth, why he um, kind of rushed out the door and wouldn't get stuff back. I mean, well, no, I think I think Trump, I think, I think, I, think I think Trump gave Putin something. I think Trump gave Putin the intel that led to October seventh and the Hamas attacks, because nobody else is saying it, but that doesn't mean I can't and I won't. I still say October seventh, two thousand twenty three has has Putin's fingerprints. All over it. Well, there were there were Bitcoin payments and there was drone training and it was off-site and proxy money. That's that's Putin shit. Um, the thing that uh, shit, I just thought of this and it slipped out of my mind. Oh, um, in the state of Florida, Rhonda. Oh no, I'm not going to denigrate. I'm not. I got a rat responses wants to. Unflavor weed too, where he's he's uh, conflating flavors with weed with flavors with vapes, and they're not the same thing. Flavors and weed are actual. We had this conversation on the show. We had this conversation like uh, six weeks ago. Flavors and weeds are actually the phenols or the terpenes. Terpenes, yeah, the actual sure. medicinal components of weed that make it an anti-cough. Or uh, make you relax, or make uh, you li- uh, yeah, limonene, uh, yeah, limonene, myrcene, yeah. There's several. Those are illegal. All right. So I'm like, why do people who don't understand science who think a a jar full of zygotes, not even zygotes, they're fucking embryos. They're not zygotes. Zygotes means fertilization, so they're embryos, right? Why calling those babies? Why do people who don't even respect science, who are the people who took the guy who said, "Hey, everybody, let's wash our hands," and they go, "No, heretic," and they put it. Did you know that the guy who said, "Wash your hands," we're making our 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 our, our uh, patient sick. They put him in the booby hatch and he died in the crazy house. Did, did you know that? I don't know about that, but I know that Joseph Lister who is deemed to be the father of antiseptics, um, really had to struggle to, 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 to prove his point. And in fact, uh, if you've ever, uh, if you've ever washed your mouth out with Listerine, it's actually named oh. in honor of Joseph Lister. Well, that's, it's that guy. He got, he died penniless and broke in the crazy house. Because gentlemen and noblemen didn't feel like they had to wash their hands. Germs are something black and poor people got. Does it sound familiar? Sadly, yes. 
So he was denigrated, destroyed. He got Fox News. And then um, I think Louis Pasteur came up, you know, with the uh, homogenization side. And I was like, oh, Pasteur, I was right. Pasteur, huh? Pasteur, Pasteur, Pasteurization. And that's roughly 180 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's the point where the pathogens die off. Like, for instance, if you learn, well, yeah, how, but the, when you learn how to brew beer, you learn about taking your wort to 181 degrees and not 212. Because it, the point is, he discovered microbiology right then. So it gave credence to Mr. Lister about uh, sterilization. Because before that, they would just leave stuff lying around, and they would use the same tools, and everybody died of sepsis. And they wondered why. It, they they kind of looked at a little bit of this in, um, what show is that? Uh, the Nick. It shows, it's a, it's a show about hospitals in the 1900s. Oh, the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, about, the, ah, the, okay. yeah, Clive Owen, The Nick. Oh, God, I love that series. Yes. What a great show that was. But yeah, no, he um, they showed that because he was trying. To, he was also on the uh, the the microbiological path to figure out why are these people dying? Why why don't uh, you know when they they do a cesarean section? He, he had a ten percent success rate. But the point is, why do we have these people? The 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 light up the butt, the the spray it with bleach. Why do they control science? What the the fuck? And the other thing is, the other thing is, Trump's whole existence is to stop electric cars. And Ukraine. Yeah, go That's figure. what this was all about. Yeah. I, I, I need, I, I, in my mind, my mind needs, no matter how fucked up the premise, or the result, or the history, I gotta know why. I don't know why my brain, I guess that's why I'm a horonista. That, that's, I get, that's how we think. We gotta know why. And the why definitely is that, because EVs are an existential threat to Russia. And they've already shown they'll do anything to keep the spice flowing. You like how I wrap that up? Yeah, I did. He who it's controls the he who controls the spice controls the universe. That's where we're at. So I don't know. Well, I do have to wrap this up, but it's been a great conversation, Wave. I appreciate it. I'm glad I called in and I had some fire today. I've been very, uh, just really mellow. The keys will do that. So I had to get worked up over some shit. It's been building up, but here I am. <laughs> it, w it wasn't a gay moment, but there were a couple of confused seconds. That's, 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 that's going on your greatest hits list, Airwave. Well, it may create an image, didn't it? It did. It did. Yes. I love you, Horn. I love you, Roxanne. Take care of yourself. Get to your next destination safely and listen in tomorrow. Absolutely. We'll have more stuff. Send some money, too. That'd be groovy. You know, we still got a challenge on the table. Uh, Ralph says, uh, this ain't cocaine, this is sawdust challenges on the table to the tune of 25 bucks. It would get us down to uh, 755 bucks because I guess we'll be at four digits tomorrow. Uh, Wave, you have yourself a good, you know, great evening, my friend. Anecdotally speaking, that looked like 80s cocaine. So I've heard. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen some cocaine that wasn't just pure white. I mean, yeah. or, or seen pictures. Yeah, that was in I'm the sorry, 80s. I'm sorry, I've, seen, I've seen pictures of 
cocaine that wasn't entirely white. I, I've heard stories from yes. people telling stories. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, you know, I hear things. Have a good have weird a, thing. I have a good evening, Wave. Bye. Later. Okay, on the way out the door, one last thing because I, you know, I, I mentioned catching a little bit of my filthy morning habit. Uh, I'm going to run this clip because it's another one of those "Hey, hey, you crazy kids" moments. <sighs> Joe said the brown word on air today, live, and they didn't bleep it. That's right. And he wasn't quoting anybody, as far as I could tell. Uh, Joe Scarborough said bullshit on air. Matt, I don't know if you're still there. But Annette was with me, and I was watching, and she went, he just said bullshit on the air. I said, I know. And I'm going to have to go toaster shopping. Because if Joe's out there saying bullshit on air now... How far can Mika be behind in saying motherfucker? Uh, not saying, just, you know, saying. So, but, but it wasn't just the bullshit. It was all the other words, too. And there are a lot of words that get used here. Would come on our show. He'd go on other shows. I know we talked to Bill O'Reilly. And it was a constant defense of Vladimir Putin. It was... It was it was this this love of Vladimir Putin and this fear, this 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 absolute fear of ever crossing him and led him in 2015 to say that Vladimir Putin was a strong leader, a great leader that, that you not when I when I brought up that he killed journalists yeah. and, and political opponents, he shrugged. he shrugged and said, we kill people, too, Joe. And he continued doing that. We've seen now, it's hard to believe, but we've seen now other members of the Republican Party uh, ape that line. And there is, uh, there is right now uh, a connection. Donald Trump, Viktor Orban in Hungary, an anti-West thug that runs Hungary, and Vladimir Putin. And, and... You've you've seen the Trump right move in that direction, and it is just absolutely frightening and jarring. And unlike anything we've seen in domestic politics, uh, that, that major figures are now going to the side that, well, people who consider America enemies. And Wall Street Journal uh, editor at large, Gerard Baker, wrote about this uh, this morning in a piece titled The Moral Blindness of Putin's Apologist on the Right. And he writes in part... The only response of all decent people to the death of Alexei Navalny, the brave critic of Vladimir Putin's regime in a Siberian prison camp, Mm. is grief, disgust, and unqualified condemnation. It is a sort of event that defines the malevolent nature of Mr. Putin's Russia. But that sort of decency evidently was above the moral reach of some of the more prominent leaders of what used to be the conservative movement. Newt Gingrich saw a parallel that many others highlighted. Navalny's, quote, death in prison is a brutal reminder that jailing your political opponents is inhumane and a violation of every principle of a free society. He tweeted, Mr. Biden isn't Vladimir Putin. Mr. Biden doesn't invade. Newt then, of course, compared Vladimir Putin to Joe Biden. 
which is just so grotesque. It's just beyond grotesque. I keep waiting for Newt to grow out of this. I really do. I really do. And he just he's incapable. He compares Biden to Vladimir Putin, to which Gerard Baker writes, Mr. Biden isn't Vladimir Putin. Mr. Biden doesn't invade neighbors on a false pretext, killing indiscriminately. He doesn't make people who have fallen into disfavor fall from the windows of tall buildings. Has he note? Has he note? Why do you lie? Why do you keep lying for Donald Trump? Baker goes on. If you can't see the difference, then I say respectfully that if you lost, you have lost or discarded your capacity for moral reasoning. Let me continue. Jonah Goldberg, conservative columnist uh, for the L.A. Times, wrote this. No, Donald Trump does not equal Alexei Navalny. And he writes in part this. For numerous right-wing Republican figures, the real lesson of Navalny's killing is that Navalny equals Trump. Trump himself invoked, invoked the comparison on social media. His first mention of Navalny's name wasn't to condemn his death or Putin's role in it, but to cast himself as an American Navalny. Oh, God. Condemning such false moral equivalence was once central to American conservatism. Trump is not an innocent anti-corruption crusader, brutalized and murdered for championing democracy and the rule of law. No, in fact, he does just the opposite. There are ample plausible criticisms of the legal cases against Trump. But even if you agree with all of them, I don't. The notion that Joe Biden is the moral equivalent of Vladimir Putin is a slander, not merely of Biden, but of America itself. And why am I so angry? Why am I so angry about this? Because these are attacks on America. These aren't just attacks on Joe Biden. This is an attack on America that we've seen Donald Trump participating in since he came on our show in December of 2015, saying that American leaders were just as bad as Vladimir Putin, who openly kills opponents. Goldberg goes on and says, indeed, one reason we know it's not true, publicly criticizing Putin's treatment of Navalny can land you in a Russian cell. Mm -hmm. Criticizing Biden's alleged treatment of Trump can land you in a Fox News studio. Gene Robinson. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Mm -hmm. there, are, there, are, there are a few words. You, you have mm -hmm. these freaks, weirdos, insurrectionists, radicals on the far, far right. They're not freaks. even the right now. They, they're, they're in mm -hmm. the Trump, the Trump death cult of a, a death cult for American democracy. Death cult. And to make those comparisons are so grotesque. To, to compare America to Russia is so grotesque. To compare Trump to Navalny, Trump, who flies around in a 757, who lives in a golden skyscraper, who lives in Mar-a-Lago, where you have yeah. Navalny dead, yeah. poisoned in a penal colony. All of this is so grotesque. And what is so shocking is this isn't one freak uh, legislator, right-wing freak legislator from Louisiana or Iowa. Mm -hmm. This is the next Republican nominee for president of the United States in 2024. Mm -hmm. And Republicans are falling in line and they're saying the hell with America. Yeah. We will we will trash America. 
will say it's just like Russia, just like Trump's been doing since 2015, just to elect this con artist who wants to undermine America's rule of law and American democracy. Freak, con artist, yeah. And of course, bullshit. That did not include the bullshit clip. Uh, you know, on the way out, a little bit of overtime, still got some making up to do for, you know, a week ago last Monday. So, it's okay. But, hey kids, Joe, Mika, love you, mean it, Mika, please, just call him a motherfucker and be done. They won't fire you. But you'd make a you'd make a man in San Francisco very, very happy if you would, and I get to go toaster shopping. Well, that's the program, y'all. Uh, thanks to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors, our challenge makers. Uh, Ralphs has said that she will carry uh, she will carry the this ain't cocaine that sawdust challenge over to uh, tomorrow when we join together for prayer meeting Wednesday. I, uh, I, you know, yesterday's program flew by, today's program flew by. Maybe it's just the content, I don't know. And by the way, Brother Deacon Asa says, life starts at conception. Fuck all y'all. I'm too radical for that. Life starts at erection, damn it. You're probably not the only man who feels that way. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the challenge is on the table. Um, if it is not met, we will begin the program tomorrow at 11.05, meaning... Uh, Tomorrow, today, Monday, and $205 of Friday remains unfunded. So, thank you. Uh, and and I've even got I've I've already compiled a, a I, I've already compiled a prayer meeting Wednesday list that kind of has a for the ages flavor about it. So be here. Thanks to our all volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in the chat room. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast, please. Like each episode, leave comments, leave reviews, whatever platform you take it on because it helps build visibility for the program and brings more people into the conversation whose voices we would like to hear. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe, get your booster, be one of the happy 15% of Americans who are sharp enough to do that. 
Get your flu shot, get your RSV vaccine, especially if you're around little children. Check in, see if you're eligible for your pneumonia shot. Wear your masks, especially if you're around maggots. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if counsel for the parking garage approaches you talking, I wouldn't change a thing about anything that's happened. Well, avoid Alina Habana 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 like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>